Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 161. It's a lot of episodes. And we've done a load of part twos and threes, so I reckon we could be over 200 actual episodes, potentially. Um, this week's guest is the wonderful Doc Brown. And we've been chatting about... He's, I've, been, I've been meaning to have him on for ages. I hadn't because he was on Adam... Buxton's a particular week. I think he might have been on Richard Herring's as well. And me, Richard and Adam have all been on each other's podcasts and we have a lot of crossover guests. But I, like, it's nice to try and give some gaps and not be all, all at the same time. Equally, if you don't listen to Adam Buxton's podcast, you should. If you don't uh, listen to, to Rahel Estepa, a Richard Herring's podcast, you should. Because they're fantastic. So check them out. Um, also check out the podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Hardcore Listing, which in, has Chris and Stu from the Drunk Cast doing top fives. They recently had a really good one. What was it? It was oh, Brett Goldstein had his top five um, last lines of movies. And that was great. Oh, no, in fact, even better than that was Brett Goldstein. Again, I'm a fan of Brett. Um, he did his top five stand-up. or His top five interesting or worst or bad stand-up gigs. And the stories are just hilarious they're amazing so check hardcore listing out check out uh tuesday night george jim smallman has knocked it out the park recently if you're remotely into wrestling he's just got the best guests ever if you're not into wrestling i still recommend you you check you check out his recent episode with eddie dennis who's been a wrestler for 10 years and he recently quit his job as head teacher at school to go full-time as a wrestler which is a huge a huge a, a leap and he talks beautifully on it and says how he felt he was aligned to the children he was teaching he was teaching them to follow their dreams and that nothing's impossible and he was working a job that wasn't his true his true passion so he quit and that it, yeah it's a great story so check that out also st- stop and search always informative and say why to drugs um equally always in- informative st- stop and search is a live podcast uh, with current debate on um, on dr- on drug law changes and things like that, and say why to drugs is picking a different drug each week and giving them a breakdown of what's good about them, what's bad about them, what's dangerous about them, what's what's awesome about them, and things like that. So check them out; they're amazing. We are brought to you this week by Speech Development Records. We always are. Um, our dark summer range. It's all going to be big gone soon but thank you so much for buying and supporting we released ladies swimsuits men's swim shorts a ladies leggings vests unisex vests unisex uh, varsity jackets um, and the sunglasses that went absolutely mental we've still got a few of them left i think as i record this we've still got a few of them left but they may be all gone again um yeah so check to Check all that out at Speech of Element Records and all the music. We've got amazing vinyl there. If you're a vinyl fan, we've got my records on vinyl. We've got Sage Francis, B. Dolan, POS, tons of good vinyl. Go and check it out. Um, I'm going to get on with this podcast. Doc Brown's a great lad, amazing story. He was really honest and open. We we go on for a bit, so it's quite a long one. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed this chat. It was great to sit down with him. I was actually talking to him afterwards about his dad and I wish we'd got into that. So there might be a part two uh, to come. But yeah, this is episode 161 of the Structure Pieces podcast with Doc Brown. This piece of 
So I'm rolling. It's nice. going. Um, uh, and what I was about to ask you, and I thought I might as well ask on record, are we mm. doing this? Am I interviewing Doc Brown? Am I interviewing oh. Ben Bailey-Smith? Well, I What's suppose it's quite a good question. It's like, I mean, you they're, know? they're one and the same. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I don't even know your real name. I should have asked that yeah. when you walked in my house. Yeah, well, my real name's David Meads, but I've not really used it since, like, before right. working in a record store, everyone, everyone knew me as Pip. Right, from like okay. sp- spraying on walls and stuff like that. So it's, it's not a stage name. Was Doc Brown a, a rap name? Yeah, yeah, nickname and then a rap name. Yeah. So you know, talking from fifteen. Yeah. Now I'm in the late thirties. Yeah. It's a bit like. Does it ever annoy you that people will be like, will refer to it as a stage name when it is something that I, came more as a nickname? It's not. It's not like you've gone. Oh, now my stage name is. Yeah. Now I'm like, turning into Doc Brown. It's you, like, it's, it definitely used to bug me more <laughs> when people say stage. It still grates a little bit. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, it's like you can't. You get into this this world and you can't control everything about you yeah. like i'm always telling my friends who get in, who are getting into showbiz now like you got you can't get annoyed by this like people are like oh how does this person why is this person tweeting me like is, is this single out of course it's out or you yeah. know were you in this program of course i wasn't i'm in this program like mate they don't all know your like the intricacies of your career 100%, man. just because you had a little single out or you were on a pro tv yeah. program and the, fact the whole is, world's not studying you bro yeah completely and the fact is you're hyper exposed to everything that you have done that you so have it seems done, yeah. bigger and better than it actually exactly. is my my example is always like so i think ed sheeran's got something like f- 40 million f- f- followers on twitter mm. that means there's like what six and a half billion people who don't f- follow him on twitter <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. that's a lot of people yeah. who don't know ed sheeran is ed sheeran's thousands of times more known than me <laughs> so why would i ever expect that someone's like yeah that they should know i get i get the annoyance of when Again, it's also realising that not everyone's on social media all the time. If you're, yeah. if, if it's your work, then you're aware, man, I've posted about my tour three times this week. Mm. If that person's in their work and their boss is on their case, they might not have seen your three fucking tweets about you your tour, I mean? man. So you just can't, you can't get upset. But yeah, I'm not going to like, so when I hear that know. phrase, like stage name, it, it makes me feel like, well, no, like I, I guess because when I started out yeah. um, doing comedy, people just immediately assumed it was like character comedy. Yeah. And yeah. when they'd meet me, I'd be totally different. So it became a conscious decision almost straight away in stand-up to just talk about my life yeah. and mind comedy from stuff yeah. that I was really going through. So it, the, it worked so great it, because it made you stand that. out as as well because you would rap as well and use, yeah. use the skills you'd developed and got the thing that you'd got to a point that you're most comfortable on stage doing, I'd imagine, you bringing that in mm. w- with comedy, it kind of it, it made it a bit more unique, right? I think so. I basically just stumbled across a, a, a lane or like a niche without realising it because I hadn't really watched stand-up before I'd done it. I'd seen oh, really? the obvious things yeah, that yeah, everybody's yeah, seen, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Eddie Murphy Raw. Yeah, 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 of course. You know, um, Bill Hicks. Yeah. The stuff that like is, was sort of in stand-up folklore. I mean, Richard people Pryor. need to know that both of those are the obvious stuff because yeah, some cats will obvious. hit you up online as if Bill Hicks is some big hidden s- no, secret. And like, nah. well, if you've listened to Bill, H- 
Dude, no. Yes, I've listened to Bill Hicks. Yes, I love Bill Hicks. Sure. But he's no the first like, step on the he's on no, the path. He's no more cultish than Peter Kay. Yeah, not at all. Not <laughs> you, at all. You've got to chill on that. Hundred percent. So yeah, I'd, I'd seen the obvious stuff, but I <laughs> had no real interest. In, I had no real understanding of of the world. I'd just seen a lot of sitcoms. Was my thing. Yeah. So I knew what I felt was funny. Yeah. And then I discovered everything on stage oh, around the raps. Oh, what kind of sitcoms were you enjoying gr- growing up? Well, my dad was heavy into him. So yeah. he he brought me up on like only the good shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Porridge nice. was hit probably his number one. Yeah, like, yeah, he loved yeah. Porridge. And I got really into it. And he also liked um like the rise and fall of, of Reginald Perrin. Yeah. Which was way too complex. So I was, I was you know what I mean? I was yeah. like 10, 11. There's some heaviness um, in that. Yeah, I could, that couldn't really get with it. But he also showed me Monty Python. He showed me the Marx Brothers. It's obviously not sitcom, but like he showed me like classic comedy, yeah. Laurel and Hardy and um, That's Harold gold, Lloyd man, and stuff like that. Because people Buster like the Keaton. Marx Brothers and Buster Keaton and, and Laurel and Hardy, uh, you get to see at its rawest. Yeah. So my but still my favourite um, comedy sketch of all time is 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 the Marx Brothers a mirror. Uh, routine. Oh, it's incredible. It's 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 mind blowing, and it's no one is saying anything. It's just movement. No, and and, and that's just it's just gold. It's also a real in camera special effect. Yeah. because yeah. those boys, if they put on the same clothes or wigs, or in that situation, the 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 shoe polish moustache yeah. and eyebrows yeah. and glasses, they actually look like triplets. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Because they all all three of them were very very similar. Even Zeppo, the good looking fourth one, yeah, straight man. They got a very specific look, didn't they? Yeah, it's um, crazy, and it, so it exploited that. It's like a that. special effect in camera. Um, I think my favourite moment of that scene is um, when... <laughs> is it Groucho or Chico? Is get, getting desperate, trying to... I suppose we should explain to people yeah. who haven't seen them. Chico and Harpo are in Groucho's house at night. They're trying to steal some uh, important documents yeah, from him. Yeah. He's in old-fashioned bedclothes, like the the white nighty with the, the, the nightcap yeah. and his glasses and cl- classic trademark glasses and eyebrows yeah. and moustache. And so to try and, <laughs> as they're trying to escape, one of them runs into a mirror. I think it's Harpo. So the mirror smashes. Yep. He's dressed up as Groucho in desperate attempt to, to not be caught. So he plays the other side of an empty frame yeah. as if he is Groucho. So Groucho yeah. doesn't catch him, thinks it's his reflection. And and Groucho is trying to catch out his reflection. Because he's like, looking like there's something not right here. He'll move, the reflection will move. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. But it, inexplicably, Harpo knows what he's going to do. So yeah. copies everything and starts to send Groucho mad. And my favourite point is when Groucho... Just does a spin, spin right. around spin, of course with, a, spin. with a sort of jazz hands at the yeah. end and Harper doesn't bother he just he does doesn't spin he just hands. does the jazz hands it's so beautiful and so simple and the it's build up of timeless. all of that is yeah absolutely timeless it's, 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 it's interesting what you were saying about the kind of in-camera sp- a special effect there I saw and exploiting the fact that they have similar features because they're the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. background living I saw a, a play years ago at the Barbican called I think it's called The, the Elephant vanishes and it was the first play that had live subtitles over here and the thing that got me was they kind of played on on western racism so there's one character who's in bed and then at one point he kind of he's on strings and he 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 flies up and he walks on top of the set for the rest of the film but the guy he was is in bed still if you know what i mean so he's kind of of so it looks like he's looking at himself okay and because they were both 
Japanese guys and they were dressed the same and had the same haircut, it was one of the most amazing effects because it's like, oh, wow, he's just, he's above and below. And it's... That's that's great. It's amazing. But again, it's a a similar thing there because the Marx Brothers, you know, Mm. all look the same. Yeah. It's it's, it's a simple trick. And, you know, uh, that kind of timeless comedy was the stuff that that fascinated me. But I I wouldn't... sort of sit here and pretend that all of these things were in my mind when I started doing it I really was just winging it and finding the funny and what I realized quite early on was that your truth is what's funny so it's it's just the same in every art form your truth in drama is what's dramatic you know your 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 truth in music is what's sonically so like it just grabs you by the balls yeah yeah do you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. when when i think of like when i think of your song or your, your commandments tune, yeah, yeah 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 like the music's great your you know your lyrics are great but what really really grabbed me from the start it's the same with get better yeah it's it's the tone of your voice it means something to you yeah, yeah it feels 100%. true to yeah, you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm in do you yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's why when people say, oh, what, what kind of rap do you like? Do you like gangster rap? Do you like road rap? Do you like grime? Yeah. Or do you like, you know, do you like backpack rap? I'm like, dude, I I just don't look at, it, at any music in genres. I'm like, is this dude feeling it? Like, yeah. is is this his truth? Yeah. And I'm completely in. Like, the thing, I don't I've, care I've, what type I've, of rap I've mentioned it, it a load of times, but people are often surprised I'm a, a big fan of Lil Wayne and the thing that gets me with Wayne is I've never heard someone feel so comfortable on the mic and that blows my mind that just blows my mind Mm. the fact that he it feels like he could get out of bed and be (laughs) on stage and be doing this it's like mate that that blows my mind that's amazing and and I yeah I love comfort just feel that that that's such a great way of describing it like he could just roll out of bed yeah. the mic's on and he's yeah. already like halfway through his six Nas half the time feels as if he hasn't even got out of bed yet mm. and, he, and he's he's just killing it as one of the best in mm. in the game yeah he's very dope so very dope. Uh, did uh, just hearing that stand-up w- wasn't a massive influence for you growing up a rap was and we'll we'll get on to that but you b- battled right mm. do you think that prepared you for stand-up because people will like to pretend that battle rap is this wonderful uh interaction of of flows and skill and freeform <laughs> but the reality is the best punchlines win yeah like like you can have rappers who'll do this amazing like esoteric rap yeah. and someone else will come up with a great y- your mum line mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and they won the battle mm-hmm. so it is that it's having those sharp lines and quick thinking mm-hmm. to to win the battles do you think that equipped you for, for yeah 100 percent. I'd, I'd say it's a combination of that the fact that i used to like host a lot of events yeah and and have to keep uh an eye on rising tensions within events that were you know yeah, yeah, had a, yeah, were a little yeah, bit yeah. more hood or whatever and also just be sort of bright and breezy and then i think it's a combo of that the battling and the fact that i was a youth worker so you know i was constantly like i look at teachers sometimes a bit like stand-ups yeah because they've got to get up and perform like every yeah. day I used to have that doing youth work. I had to be in front of people yeah. who were like, I'm not impressed. Impress me. And like, the, do something the, interesting. The, the funny part that I've learned from only the one or two times I've done any kind of youth work, and again, I'm not qualified for mm-hmm. it. I've, I, every time I'm asked, I'm like, look, there's people like Polar Bear or other people who are really good at this. I mm-hmm. need to learn that skill. Because the thing I learned quite quick was it is like a stand-up as well in that you do kind of want them to, 
to like you as well. Of no, course. No matter, <laughs> no matter what, what the role you do, kind of get up there, kind of, at least at first, kind of hoping they're all going to be, oh, he's the cool teacher. Yeah. This, this cool guy came in today and he was great and he taught us everything and we're There's educated no and we've learned. There's no doubt about it. There's some validation in there <laughs> required, you know, and um, like, I would say, like, do, doing youth work, it, like, it was, I knew how important it was to reach people. So I was able to take a lot of my own vanity and ego out of it. Yeah. But they, they came like flooding back with stand up. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the main reasons or one of numerous reasons I don't do stand up regularly. Right. I think if people see me from the outside, so like we were talking about at the very start of this conversation about like how other people mm-hmm. view you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think probably the people that have a cursory knowledge of, of my career probably assume like I, I basically do stand up most of the time because yeah. that's the stuff that's m- most widely shared on on the internet and yeah. whatnot but in actuality i can count the gigs that i do per year on on two hands i mean again <laughs> I, I do mean, very we can, little uh, we can go back to bill hicks mm. dude had two specials yeah, really it wasn't exactly two specials prolific. that are known and iconic and, yeah. and 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 that's that's what's out there so i guess mm. it is a weird world at the moment if you've got a few bits if you do a Russell Howard's good news mm-hmm. and and you do a few bits like that then it's you're you're regularly shown Crazy. on these repeat yeah. channels it's like this guy must be a, a yeah. battle time I remember I caught you at, at a festival Russell Howard once was 2012 and, bro yeah that's five really? years ago and that probably still <laughs> yeah. airs out right? yeah yeah big time it's insane it's madness isn't it mm. so, 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 so let's I, re- I rewind back to growing up mm. uh, where did you grow up are you a London kid? yeah London born and bred I uh, grew up around Wilsdon and Kilburn yeah went to school in uh, Cricklewood yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was always around northwest London until I was about 21 22 and I moved to Hackney yeah, yeah. So, so what kind of what were you into as a kid I was wrap your thing straight away no. was it something you, no. you got I, into like, later I think when, when I was the the very first thing I think I really wanted to to be was an actor, and that was yeah. about when I was about six or seven years old. Yeah. So like, uh, and that was from like school plays and stuff like that. I just I was desperate to be in them. Yeah. Uh, like my thing was was getting up and showing off, and making a fool of myself. That yeah, was yeah, my yeah. thing from an early early age, and that carried through all the way through primary school, secondary school. I, would, I, I was drama was my number one topic. And then, like A levels, I did theatre and um, and English, yeah. you know, and I was just totally focused on 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 the acting thing. But at the same time, like later into my teenage years, as, as rap became a thing and hanging with like all these guys, like I just f- succumbed to peer pressure and just stopped going to the drama clubs. Yeah. And, do you know what I mean? And I just totally let it go. So it's funny that I come full circle and gone back into acting. But to to rewind a little bit. In terms of like actual interest at the start, like acting was the thing. Music it didn't become strictly hip hop until I was probably like sixteen. Right. Yeah. Right, I, yeah. I, I, I grew up on such an eclectic mix of music. I still listen to all of it now. Yeah. But rap uh, felt DIY. Uh, where were you, know, you getting your influences of music? Wise, your parents. Pretty, yeah, pretty, nothing, nothing, nothing overly strange. It started with my parents and, and they had, I suppose what was m- maybe different to some people's parents was they had a, a ridiculously good record collection. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, I still stand by it now and I listen to most of it now and I've inherited it all. So, um, yeah, my dad was into 
quite a range. He was into like honky tonk, like jazz, but also he was really into his like sixties and seventies, like, um, sort of progressive folk, uh, uh, like protest folk. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. and he also like, just loved Johnny Cash. Amazing. So I had, I had a lot of Johnny Cash, um, a lot of Dylan. Um, he got me into like Nashville skyline, uh, which was like an album they did together. But yeah, had all of their stuff. So really hard on the lyrics. But I had all this this beautiful like old jazz. And then my mum was into like rare groove, eighties um, like reggae. Yeah, um, that's a blues. good eclectic mix, yeah. isn't it? Eighties R and B, soul. You know. Um, so we had all they had all this stuff, and um, then me and my sister were just obviously just listen to the pop charts. Yeah, yeah. Just listen to the pop charts as you do when you're like sort of six and eight. And just whatever's in the in in the charts, and then it would be sort of just had this juxtaposition with all this this great like classic timeless music. Like my sister would play Billie Holiday as well as like listening to we'd listen to like Aztec Camera and yeah 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 yeah. Is, is that is that as my cat just Her murdered a bird? No, he's just oh. he's just scratching at the window. He wants to. Oh, to see, and, and I, whenever I hear that squeak. And I see her from my office. I think, oh, another it, one bites at us. She is one. a killer. When I was a kid and my um, <laughs> uh, my parents had, I think, like, because I, I grew up as a Catholic, mm. or, and my parents weren't overly religious, but they thought it was a good, 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 good setting, and something like when you're going to be christened or something like that the priest comes and visits and it's kind of to right. check up on you a little bit and the and the priest came around and my mum was in the living room my dad was at work and he sat there and the cat just walked in with the biggest bird you've ever seen and just slapped it in front Locked of him it. just like here you go here's my gift for you <laughs> let her in i don't know if they can hear her, her squeaking on the door there's one thing about cats is not gonna be noisy are they no exactly so, yeah, come on in and you come. come on in you can come in oh, what's your cat's name uh lily lily yeah she, I, I, sure, I initially man. named her A4 because she was found on the A406. Nice. I was like, that A4 was quite a good, um, good little description of go. her. She is, she is quite mad, but she's she, she's seen a new box basically, which yeah. is your your big sound I've box. Here, big, so she wants to a, give that a sniff. A yellow sound box, so it's it's intriguing. I yeah, she that. likes to look at that. Um, of it. So yeah, an eclectic <laughs> a range of of music taste, I get. So at what point did did you start? Or, or did you pursue acting or did you kind of start in like rapping and MC? And, yeah, it was sad point? really. Cause I went to, um, I went to university to study performing arts yeah. and it was the same time that I, I'd sort of, I'd started DJing and I'd been rapping a little bit and I was I'm going to a few little rap competitions. She's both in, of us are so distracted and, and now yeah, by a cat yeah. climbing a on cat stuff. Is, it's just, cat is just oh, climbing, on climbing in the box. Um, you'll be yeah, all right. She, she'll be fine. She's just yeah. investigating. It's all good. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like, you know, I was doing little competition, rap competitions and stuff, but I was trying to take this performing arts thing seriously. And the more like I got into sort of street culture, rap culture and stuff, the more like you know, pretending to be a tree and stuff just wasn't just wasn't appealing. Yeah, I, just, I, succ- I can't, I can't lie. I succumbed to the peer pressure. It's really, interesting because I, I dropped out because when I had Polar Bear on, um, who's a rapper and poet and and from Birmingham, and it's weird how. He found it kind of came a f- full circle when he had kids, because oh, right. then he did have to pretend to be a tree and lose. All, and he said it. He said it helped his performance well, you because he lost playful. his inhibitions. He became more playful. Yeah, he, mm. he 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 couldn't think about 
oh, is this is this going to come across as cool or whatever mm. else? Because you're, you're someone's dad. Sadly, it's yeah. never going to be cool. Yeah, you know? yeah. And <laughs> you, I, I very much feel that way, you know. Like, coming back and doing some serious music for the first time in 10 years this mm. year, I knew I couldn't, you know, rap like I was Jay Huss. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I yeah, could, yeah. You know, there's, there's some amazing superstar British rappers out now. And yeah. they're, they're proper cool, you yeah. know. And I just thought, well, I just, I can't do that. I know I can rap as good as them. Yeah, but I can't but pretend got, to be that guy. Yeah, I've got, like we were talking about, you've got to search for your inner truth, yeah. find out what that is and make it work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, that's what I tried to tap into for that. And I think it, it can take a long time for any artist to find out what is, what's your actual, actual voice. Not like the, the voice that sounds cool and makes you look cool. Yeah. Not the one that gets you laid after gigs. Not the one that maybe was even like your best selling or best known thing yeah. to date. What's the, what's the one where when you say it, oh, like it, it even hurts you a little bit to yeah. say it because it's so real. Yeah. 100%. You know I mean? and that's, that'll, that's real art. And me. that'll t- t- take a while to find and develop. Like yeah. I've, I've got early tracks that, God, God bless them. People are lovely about it. love. I can't listen to them because it's like, mate, that feels in my mind. I know who I'm trying to be there or what I'm trying yeah. to put across, and it's it, yeah. it doesn't feel as always. I think it's always a good thing as an artist if your latest album is the one you're most proud of, or at least mm-hmm. has some tracks that you're mm-hmm. most proud of over your whole co- uh, over your whole career. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it's a worry, right? Yeah, big time. I mean, I look back on everything I've ever released rap wise. And on every project, there's at least one or two songs where I think, you know what, that day, I don't know how I woke up that day, yeah. but that's like, file that in under the, the realest shit I ever wrote kind right. of file, you know? And there's, there's one or two on every every record. Um, and I, th- I think it was probably just that day where you just like, fuck it, man. Like, I'm just, this. I need to say this. I'm going in. Yeah, I just need to say this. I need to get this off my chest. And that's a different way of making art. Do you feel you ever have the confidence that that will always come? Because I always feel every time I have a track like that, I'm like, again, a similar thing is like, I don't know what happened that day, but yeah. I, fl- I fluke that kind of, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just, that's come out of nowhere. I don't yeah. know if I can write another track like that. And they always seem to come. Mm. It's always there in the end. But I wrote a song about, about succumbing to depression, which yeah. I was able to talk about after coming out of depression. I'm not one yeah. of them artists who go, oh, my life's so terrible. Yeah. I'm writing amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, creating yeah, amazing yeah, art because yeah. my life's terrible. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Like, like when my life's good, yeah, I can look yeah, back yeah. and go, this is what I was going. And just one song on the album, like, I, I, I just don't know where it came from. Yeah. It was, and it was probably the one I wrote the quickest. Yeah. And I listened back to it. And it's, it's almost scary how accurate and how truthful it is. Yeah. And, uh, my proudest thing about the, the record is is not how much is sold or who knows about it. It's just the f- the few people who have hit me up online and gone, bruv, that I fucking I went through that. Yeah, I don't know how yeah, you described nuts. it, but I, like I went through that, and so many people said that to me. I'm like, that's it. I'm good. Like it's mad, isn't I'm it? When good. when those that made me happy. That, that, that it's so often those last minute ones that will have that I had on my solo record I had a track called Broken Promise that is mm. one of the most popular and that was That's I thought the song. album was done and then on mine and Dan's last one oh, we thought the album was done and I wrote a You Will See Me in one sitting mm. and again it's one of the most most popular and, and Sage Francis tells me like one of my favourite tracks of his is Best of Times amazing he got 
a call or email or something from the guy who did all the music in Amelie and he'd made a beat for Sage and Sage had <laughs> to get on a train and record it that day. So on the train there, he wrote it and then he recorded it. Right. And that was that. And it's like, it's one of his iconic career defining tracks. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. How many, how many, how many shit songs have you written that, that you've no coincidence over. that started off with you writing a, 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 a bar or a couplet and then going back over that couplet and going, yeah, what's that really say about me though? Like, yeah. I don't know, should I open with that? Whereas then, you've yeah. not got time to analyze it. You ain't got it. time. It's the realist, yeah. You just put it down. And not got time even, uh, um, who was it? A rather rugged man did a post today that Killer Mike retweeted and it was, he was saying, look, He's one of the kings of multi-syllable raps, of intricate raps. Mm-hmm. He's like, I love doing them, I love them, but he's, he's sick of people hating on anything that, that isn't that. And his, the example he gave was like, Public Enemy, Chuck D wrote some of the realest lines yeah. ever, and they weren't these intricate multi-syllable, they were just raw as anything, yeah. here's what, here's the deal, yeah. let's get I've, on with know, it. I've and been- you can you can go over, you, you can go too far into the intricacies, I guess. Or, you can, yeah. man, and then it, it sort of loses something because you know you're making a good point and you're saying it in a passionate way but you've forced it into you've sort of forced a square yeah a a plug into a round hole a little bit because now you've got to make this next bar rhyme in that intricate way of this amazing thing that you just said but the next bar is just not going to mean as much i'll tell you what i've been listening a lot to um the the record landlord by gigs right yeah and um you know like some people might level at him that he's simplistic i, I completely completely disagree yeah I, I, I mean, he's more complex than anything i can ever do because like he'll, at times he'll he'll say he's very economic with the words yeah. no question very economic um but at times he'll he'll say a line and then pause for like a bar and a half before the next line. I love it. And there's so much emotion in every line that you need that bar and a half to just go, rah, <laughs> oh, and we're yeah. back in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's one of my favourite sort of UK rap I albums it. ever, I think. Yeah, and I, I was really like positively surprised by it. I knew, I knew it was good. I'd, I'd heard a few bits and pieces, but this this record is all heart. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's yeah, all yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, that's, that's such a beautiful thing to hear. On the other 100%. end of the scale, uh, at the same time, I was listening to uh, an album called Yesterday's Gone by yeah. Loyal Kana. And um, that's way more intricate, you know, yeah, like yeah, multi-syllabic yeah, yeah. rhyming, storytelling. But I can listen to them side by side because they've both got the same amount of heart and passion. But yeah. Polar opposite types of rap, style wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. in every way. What they talk about but again style. is, is it, that's exactly it. It's the fact that that you can find that passion in it. Like I'll have tracks that are some of my favourite rap tracks that I don't agree with ninety percent <laughs> yeah, of what yeah, they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I cannot get on board with your campaign, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but man, I will listen to this loud in a club oh, and, and love every second of yeah. it. Or like start driving crazy because it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just come on the shuffle 100%. in your car. Yeah, man. So, 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 rap pulled you away from what you maybe sh- your heart wanted you to focus on. Definitely, but it pulled you in a good, good, good the direction because you started to build a name, and you were like, "Are you were hosting?" It was a deal reel, wasn't it? That's right. A yeah. deal reel, like you were hosting nights that got that got big. They became oh, kind yeah. of iconic it, it nights. Was, it was like on the eve of 
I guess what we know as as you know social media and the internet now, yeah. like because it was like around sort of oh three, yeah. So you know you're talking about pre so many things, yeah. That, yeah, yeah like yeah. that would have made those nights, I guess, viral videos L- and legendary. whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you're talking about pre you know, cameras, a- a- Amy Winehouse playing acoustic. You know the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, I mean, I made it's, it's unreal. I've, Kanye, I've not gone to my my notes yet, but death. I made notes of Pharaoh Monch, Slick Rick, Pharaoh freestyled together in there. Me and Will I Am went back to back freestyling for ages. Yeah. You know, like there there was it was legendary night after legendary night. But I kind of love that they just existed. It's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying, hundred percent. And I've always always backed off when something that I've done or an opportunity has come my way that is almost too big for me. Like it's, 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 it's huge, but I can't really control it. Um, it's a hard thing to describe, but, um, I guess if I could put it in smaller terms that maybe like an arena tour of my standard, I don't really want to do that, even though it could probably buy me two houses. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? If I could fill an arena. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I love the idea of creating, and if you were there, you were there. If you saw it, you saw it. If 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 you consumed it, you consumed it. I love that. So I don't completely. really and it's, it's, focus it's, on sales. I probably a, should because I got kids. Mate, but it's I just it's, don't it's care a concept a that's that's alien to a lot of people who are around now because mm. of, of social media and things like that. I mm. remember oh, when me and Pla- and and Dan played our last gig um, at Glastonbury. And we headlined the left field tent, and it was amazing. And instantly, there was I came I came back online. There was tons of people saying, "Oh, where can I watch this? Or oh, where can I download?" Yeah, it? I was yeah. like, in in that field, like, you can watch it in that field. <laughs> yeah. That's the only place. And it seemed to blow people's mind because there's so much accessibility yeah. to to watching everything on TV yeah. or on on Facebook or wherever else. It's like, no, you you can't watch it. Yeah. And, and and someone hits up the other day saying, "Look, I know you aren't recording anymore, but." could you maybe release a live album it's like we never recorded it. like it's not like we were making all these secret recordings because yeah. in the future it's like yeah. if you were there you were there and were there was there. hundreds of gigs it yeah, kind of is what it is there's a beauty in that, that <laughs> yeah no question i think it's pure and i think that the, the purity of it is why you're seeing a new generation of music fans coming out in serious numbers yeah to, to watch artists again 100 like live music is back in a big way and i think you know for for us old fogies, we're we're always thinking, oh, you know, oh, is this what we've got for the kids? They just don't download stuff. And no, kids reject anything that's rubbish. Yeah. So like, I spend all, all my time worrying about what the kids are going to get into online and stuff like that. But they look at what we're doing and they think that's, that looks quite boring. They yeah. look at what's happening. Huh? So Instagram, yeah, I'll it? give it a bash. But then they're not like, oh my god, it's blown my mind. Yeah. Whereas there's people our age who spend thing. every minute of the day on Instagram. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think a lot of young people, surprisingly, <laughs> are actually going, well, yeah, I've streamed this band on Spotify, or yes, I've bought this album on iTunes, but I don't really know which one is the lead singer. I don't know who. I haven't read. I don't know who the producer is. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't read. I can't access the the, the liner notes. I, I'm a fan, but I don't feel like a fan. Yeah. Like fan is short for for fanatic. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to be a fanatic of anything, you need info, man. You need yeah. to know everything you need to about, know about them. this. You need to know. It's it's it. It goes that's, either that's way. Life is back. I think it's it's the two things on fandom. There's either the fanatics who will r- r- research everything about 
the artist, the background, the recording, mm. everything, or the fan that will learn every lyric. Right. They're normally n- not the same person. The person That's who knows true. everything about it normally won't know every lyric. The person yeah. who knows every lyric will, will not be able to tell you who recorded that, that yeah. vocal. And it's, yeah, it's that kind is of, probably it's, true. but they're both equally, equally valid. They're both mm. levels of fandom. Whereas your Spotify playlist or whatever, <laughs> it's not it's not so much I've but again it's some old fogish yeah I suppose. It's, that's it's funny you, I, that's funny what you I say about fans and fanatics so. the other day it's so it's 1990 you're in in north london still then yeah 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 your dad's got like a camera and it's like man this is a good camera this is exciting mm-hmm. there's a camera and someone says you know they're not really going to exist in a few years and like <laughs> like why is that you point at the thing in the corner of the room attached to the wall on a wire uh, on, a, they, on a ringlet they're going to be on that quill they're going to be on that is going to replace cameras like, what are you talking about that's attached to the wall that's that's how how are these two <laughs> things in any way comparable transferable and, and you're going to be able to walk down the street <laughs> looking at your friend in new zealand yeah looking at his face yeah. live and and, Mate, and conversing with him i mean i remember seeing madness, movies in the 80s where like there'd be like futuristic moments where someone would talk into like a screen and then the other person could see their face. So a plethora of movies from the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, I also remember a film with Whoopi Goldberg and Jonathan Price called jumping Jack flash. Whereas where towards the end, um, as everything was really heating up and, 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 and Jack Jonathan Price's character was this kind of sort of like spy and Whoopi worked in an office. He was contacting her via computer. Right. And, she'd start getting these messages on her office computer from Jack. Yeah. And he was like, there's a big conspiracy. And then she typed back to him and he got the message and she, he typed back to her. And I was just like, Oh my my God. Imagine that. That's like live type. He, yeah, he's, she's, Oh my, and there wasn't even images. That was just text on the screen. I bet MSN messenger blew your mind when that dropped. And people were talking. (laughs) I'm in jumping Jack flash. People always like, dude, like where's the flying cars? Where's the flying? Where's the hoverboards? Yeah, from the back, bruv. The internet is the hoverboard. It is. Like it's, it's, it's everything. It's I remember scary. It's scary how underused it is in that you know manner. What I'm saying? Yeah. I, in nineteen ninety three, I remember seeing John Craven on Newsround talking about the information superhighway. Yeah, and he was going, one day when you're an adult, you might be able to buy a jumper or a pizza from the information superhighway. And I just went, Craven. Hey. You you lost it, mate. Mate, I've not stuff of a madman's dreams. I've not spoken on the phone. Shouted at the telly. I've not spoken on the phone to ask for food in years. I just hit things into my phone mm-hmm. and it appears at my front door. Yeah. I don't even ring someone anymore. It's yeah. just mate. Bring I, it to I me. smoke electronic cigarettes. It's crazy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's nuts. So, and, so yeah. Go on, let's get creepy. back on track. Let's, sorry, sorry. So uh, insane, iconic sh- sh- shows at Deal Real. Um, is that? where you met Ronson because you you toured with Mark for a while right yeah. like his, yeah, met, along with his band I met him at the shop because he he'd just done an album called Here Comes the Fuzz yeah man and it was Had kind of like a, it. iconic yeah it's like a hip hop crossover type album yeah you know and he was just starting to be taken seriously as a hip hop DJ but he was yeah. still very much like in his infancy in that respect yeah. even though he had this album out that was doing well in in the states doing okay over here you know how DJs are yeah. someone shows up but who's this guy yeah so he was very much like hungry and he DJed for us a couple of times at Deal Real but he also used to DJ at um 
Not in Hell Arts Club. Yeah, of course. Is that night called Yo? Yeah, someone it was called remember. Yo-Yo. Some, it was Yo-Yo, there we go. Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo. Yeah, yeah. That's what I need to, to, to remember, the other Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the first one. So, yeah. Or did you have it the second yo. one? I can't tell which one you had. It was Yo. <laughs> it was something Yo. <laughs> yo something. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he used to like have me down, like I just MC, like hype him up while he was DJing. Mate, um, and, and again, people shouldn't underestimate what uh, a legendary time the, the, that was as well, because that was when... L- Lily Allen and Amy yeah, Winehouse and all these out. people were just jumping on with, mm. uh, with Ronson before they blew into these yeah. l- legends. So the, the, that, that early lineup, it didn't even have a name. It was just yeah. Mark Ronson and friends. Yeah. There it was me. Was it with Lily? Daniel Merriweather. Daniel Merriweather. Tawia. Yeah. Uh, Tawia. Beverly yeah. Tawia. Yeah. yeah. Um, amazing. We had the Haggis Horns. Yeah. Um, who actually I just just performed with for the first time since then. Oh, so really? like in over a decade. On on Saturday night, so just 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 Saturday night, just gone, which was emotional just, and lovely. Just on a on a, a weirdness, because I think uh, did did you stop with them in kind of two thousand and six, two thousand and seven? Yeah, I'd say oh six, oh seven. Because yeah. when me and Dan Lassac, like that's the first support slot we ever got was touring with Ronson. Oh well, and yeah, so Mary Weaver, yeah, Tori was, was Manny like, Norte rapping. Who was rapping? Um, I can't remember who took uh, over from Rhyme Fest. Oh, Rhyme Fest, yeah, course, yeah, yeah, was on that run. Um, Fest, and yeah, yeah, as I said, it was weird. When I was doing a bit of research and prep, I was like, "Dude, all these people that are being listed—the whole—I like the Haggis Horns. All these people was like, yeah. we toured. I'm sure I didn't yeah, tour. We just didn't I'm cross sure over. I didn't tour with you. But then, no. yeah, it's that. It was that Stuart Zender on over. bass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Legendary so. Jim Marquay founder. Yeah. yeah, it was an incredible lineup. And See, we were at the point that Lily and Amy had got too big. Yeah. To come out with marks. Yeah. So we didn't have, have the, though, but then he'd bring a Dell on and people like that. And it's like, oh, it's bonkers. Still, he's always, always been well connected. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was a, it was a, it was a great time in, in, in lots of ways. Cause I was at a point where, you know, I was just involved in a world of underground rap and I yeah. kind of made peace with myself. Like, I'm never going to be like a big rapper. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like what I do, the way the music industry is. There's no way I could get big doing what I'm, I'm doing. I'm known and respected Ob- in my yeah. in my in, yeah. in my area, and that's where. Obviously, I was proved wrong because a couple of years later we had our first superstars. You know, in the times when I was thinking, well, what's the point? Because with no disrespect, like Roots Maneuvers, the biggest yeah. rapper in the country, and yeah, then yeah, there's yeah. a f- big fucking drop off. Yeah, yeah. And then Dizzy come out, you know, yeah. an example and Pro Green, and then and now like we have absolute superstars. Well, obviously, my luck, Sod's Law, like, I, I've long since retired. Mate, it's, but that it's Ronson a, thing was, like, my last hurrah of, like, oh, my God, like, there's actually big crowds mate, and I'm rapping. it's a funny one, because when, <laughs> when you were talking about the kind of drift from rap into stand-up, I remember, and a lot of people won't know, but but back in the day, example was more of a, of a rapper rapper. Oh, yeah. You know, he'd do a, a lot of punchline rap, rap and a lot of rapper, good comedy no stuff. Question. And I remember when he was doing... A load of comedy dates we, and trying to get me, into it and tour. Me and him, bizarrely, bef- before I was like really doing stand up, mm. because you know, both I had a sense of humour. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and I was yeah, yeah. always putting jokes into you know just just generally what I did live. I was always that guy, self deprecating, taking the piss a little yeah, bit, yeah, just yeah. killing the tension. And he was very similar. I had a wild sense of humour. No, I don't know if anybody knows this, but for a little while, me and him made these little sketches for MTV. We were in disguise, right, right, right. pretending to be really shit rappers, and it was it was called Get Rich, and we were just yeah. trying to 
flog a mixtape basically yeah, in yeah, lots yeah. of different scenarios and they were like little four or five minute sketches that would go on mtv in between yeah. shows um somewhere those tapes must exist yeah but yeah me an example it's randomly madness, and we, we cut we connected back together like um beginning of this year and it's great we, we we talked about it but um yeah we briefly had like seven or eight Cause, cause comedy he, sketches he was totally close to doing the exact same thing of going look yeah. i've done what i've done in i think rap. he did actually do one stand-up gig. he did a stand-up gig and was trying to i think he was going to do a few shows with with Jupiter, if I remember rightly, for some reason. I've got half a memory of that. And then he signed with Ministry, and his, his sound changed completely. Yeah, but totally. It, 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 it took off for him, and it's mm. it's mad to think that, man, that guy that's now in the pop charts mm. was, number one, a really offensive comedy rapper, <laughs> then almost a comedian, yeah. and then out of nowhere. Yeah. It, well, it, I guess it just goes to show how much sort of potential crossover there is in all of these things. Yeah. Because... You know, people and how, how lost everyone is. I like, make no mistake that you can look. P- people will, will, will look at you and all that you're doing and have achieved, and think, "Man, this guy's g- g- like got it figured out and locked down." And, <laughs> and you'll look at example and think the same. It's like, no, everyone at points has been. Well, I've maybe got, I should stop doing this. I've or maybe got I should no not do idea. this. Yeah. I've got no idea. And if people knew about the remuneration of these things, like, I mean, you you see where I live. I'm not going to blow it up on 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 a podcast, but um. You know, I walk around here and, and the kids are like, Rad, like, you still here? And I'm like, yeah, yeah motherfucker, yeah. I'm still yeah, here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where, where am I going to go? Are we seeing you on TV? I was like, yeah, you appear on a TV program. You don't suddenly make a it's million pounds. Like, yeah, completely. I, I have a, a crisis of confidence, like, every other day. Yeah. I look at my kids and I think, fuck, bro, like, when are you going to do a job that is like a guaranteed future for these right. kids, man? Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, it's terrifying. Yeah. Like, falling out of rap the first time was partly because, like, my first daughter had just been born, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, I was young. But at the same time, I was I was still very much for, to be a man now. Like, the rap's not paying you. Ronson was the only dude who paid me. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the rest of the time, I wasn't making it, uh, any money. Like, occasion bits of cash here at the, that gig, this gig. But no real money. Uh, and again, know? like, we've so, given a bit here, but I need to, again, I think because... Ronson got so big and poppy and mm. synonymous w- with horns and stuff yeah. like that. He's one of the people in the game I've got the, m- the most respect for because he picked us to support out of nowhere. Uh, when me and Dan had... He's got good taste. He's got great taste. And, and our, our, so our first album came out, Angles, and we had a meet-up just in a bar in Hoxton, at, at the Vibe Bar, and we were meeting up for a drink just to to celebrate the album coming out and like my mum popped by and a few mates and Ronson made a point of, st- of stopping by mm. and again at that point he's got an album out with wine outs mm. and, a, a, and things like that he's yeah. like he was just like no man you it's wicked like congratulations same one just of my earliest drink. gigs stand up gigs yeah. one of my earliest gigs at uh, the Albany in Great yeah. Portland Street yeah 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 see him outside he's like, ah, what's going on he's like I was just come down and have a look yeah <laughs> you know he's real like, man he's real as said like on, on that tour as well we were on that tour, um, there was a few like v- varied support acts, mm-hmm. and they were buy-ons. Like, like labels were paying oh, right, to have their to band it, to come right. on support, and we were the one that. It's another thing that people don't really know. About. <laughs> and we were the one that he picked and paid, and and you know we did this That's whole dope. run and this whole tour because he was into it, not because mm. of anything else. It's like he could have had another band and earned money off it. Mm. Instead, he spent money on having us there, and I still. T- 
only last weekend I had someone say, I saw you like 10... In fact, it was, it was while I was filming. It was mm. while I was, I, I was filming in Leeds on this film I'm doing at the moment. This guy was like, Matt, I just want to say, I saw you like in 2006 or 2007 until we were with Mark Ronson and we didn't know who you were and it just... The it's stuff worked, like that is like, man, that's, that's him going on. That, that's yeah, him, man. him making he, he that choice. He is actually, funnily enough, a huge, huge comedy buff as well. He yeah. used to play on the tour bus. He'd play like Derek and Clive yeah. like, through the speakers. Yeah. Like everyone shut up. You have to listen he's to He's got it. the best of both <laughs> worlds. He's British and American, isn't he? So he's, yes. he's, he's, he's that's that's great comedy heritage. Yeah, it is. That's kind it's of true. getting the drift. It's true. I love it. So, so uh, 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 what happened then? Because that all blew up. But at what point did you go, I'm done with this? It was I'm a, done with the Ronson It was tour. the first time I had... I mean, I didn't realise it at the time, but it was the first time I experienced bouts of anxiety and depression. Right. Um, so it was uh, probably early 07, something like that. I can't remember exactly when. But, you know, as you said, the sound had changed. You know, uh, uh, a- Amy had, I think by then you know i'm no good and maybe even valerie was out yeah, by then yeah um so everything was just blowing up on a crazy level it's become more um sort of pop funky didn't really need a, a rapper and that was the end of me and i had that huge ego thing of like return i didn't want to go back to the rap underground I was I was like, it's oh, a weird one as a as a tour oh, rapper or the rapper like on a tour gone. is it like i was gone yeah that's you know? it you're kind of normally <laughs> on in those uh, situations you're there just to rap yeah, if that I mean that sounds stupid yeah, and no, obvious, was, but was, you're not there to do your songs. No, no, no. Do I was this, like a backing like, singer. I had to rap the eight bars. I had to rap Ui. Yeah, you know, I, I really, did. Yeah. I did some of my own stuff, but it was on like occasionally, like give give me a chance to rap on like some of the instrumental versions that they were doing. So they did a version of Lost Souls Forever. Yeah, um, and I'd do some bars on that. I think I did some bars on the the cover of the Kaiser Chiefs. Oh my god! Well, that's, it's a weird one. It's just any bars, isn't yeah. It? Kind so of just any that. bars, Jimmy. I, I was just happy to be spitting my own. bars. I remember one time, year, and I don't know if I've told this on record because it ex- exposes me to, for being an idiot. But uh, we did this festival, and we were on the first act in the day on the main stage. We did a gig, loved it, and we st- we st- we stuck around and had a few drinks. It's a, r- a rarity we stick mm. around to party. But uh, Ronson was headlining. And we hadn't seen him in a bit, blah, blah, blah. I've drunk a bottle of rosé. <laughs> Mark's walking on stage and he goes, Pip, it's like, I didn't know you. I was like, oh, how's it coming? He's like, do, do you want to come on and do something? I'm like, well, yeah. He's like, well, we're doing Apache. So when that starts, come on and someone introduce you and do eight do bars. bars. And I was like, great. And then I had to go and find Dan and go, how much is eight bars? Because <laughs> I don't know my timings. And Dan was literally like, just start rapping of what you're going to do. And I started and he goes, stop there. So I knew that from the, from that part of, Amazing. I did a bit from uh, from the beat of my heart skip. I was like, right, from that line to, to yeah, that line. But stop there. I had no idea. And I stumbled on stage, 20, 30,000 people. Jeez. And I just did, eight bars apparently that's an amazing (laughs) story and i think it surprised a lot of people but i think there's a lot of there's a lot of spitters who who have no idea about counting yeah i have no idea on the count i still i still i still to this day not 100 percent sure on it you know that noriega (laughs) song super fug yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of what what became his his thing like his little his little uh sort of phrase catchphrase if you like but um apparently he was saying like 
he he used to say the what what to count him like it would, he'd know how long to do yeah. like going what 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 he was just counting but amazing he just, he'd just use it and and when he was recording that super fuck <laughs> that's dope he, he he did it to to count through the hook and then nowhere to rap again because he yeah. recorded the whole thing in in a take yeah and then he was like shit we need a hook and Pharrell was like we got, bro we got the hook we've got Hook's it done that's it I love that so. <laughs> Going back to your 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 route, it's an interesting one of what you said there, and I hope it's okay to pick up on. But it feels like you kind of, and again, it happens that you'd kind of had that goodbye to Teddy Underground. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm on top bro, now. Uh, and then I thought I was when it's not Charlie gone where you wanted. No question. You're kind of like right. I can't. I feel I can't return to that. But no one gives because a fuck, I've walked out. Head. Hands yeah. over my yeah, yeah. hands over my head. S- s- see you losers yeah. later, <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Time. Come back and go. <laughs> You got any open slots? You got any? Can I? <laughs> Guys. <laughs> so did that kind of push you into stand-up? No. And, and force no, you into that way? No, more? not at all. A stand-up was still not even a consideration. And uh, stand, stand-up, in fact, wasn't even a decision of mine. What happened was I came home. I couldn't really deal with, like, the reality of what my life was going to become. And I, I started imagining in my own head, this must be what showbiz is like you know the yeah. highs and the lows and, and whatnot and i just wallowed in the lows and i, I really struggled started struggling to get up in the morning you know i always do when i think about depression i always think about curtains so if you don't draw your curtains yeah then you know you're in a bad place like if you genuinely you don't even open them yeah then you, you're not really ready to face the world it's like not getting dressed like you're just not going to get dressed today yeah yeah yeah, yeah you've yeah. already made a decision mate i really open my curtains anything. and ready to get dressed you're, you're worrying me here but yeah I yeah but you. you're a writer as well <laughs> yeah, so that's right so that's exactly yeah <laughs> so yeah and i just sort of you know i was still doing like bits of youth work and stuff but not enough really so i'd started looking to you know i just had to man up and just like dude get a proper job that takes up the time of your day because mm-hmm. i was doing things like working in youth clubs that started after school times yeah so like four o'clock and so that means i'm getting up i'm getting time. high or i'm drinking yeah, yeah I'm doing yeah. nothing yeah really and then hanging out with like teenagers yeah who you've i could potentially excuse, get weed off you've you know got I mean? an Even excuse the of not becoming, doing anything in that day productive yeah, because i need to i've got to start at four myself. do you know what i mean if i it's not worth me starting writing on this or doing this because i've got yeah. to start at four at the so months are passing now maybe 10 months and uh i did a bit of youth work with this guy who was doing like music production with kids in um in walthamstow an amazing course skepta was doing uh, l- l- uh song lyric writing workshops right. with the kids there Don't. and then he 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 left and they brought me in to do a similar thing and the the guy who ran the course just had dope beats and he was like he was like you should come and put something down come put something down yeah. so he convinced me to like do some songs again in the midst of these emotions and i wrote some pretty cool songs with him and as i was writing it i really made that decision in my head this is it i'm gonna make these songs stick them out whatever and, and i'm, I'm done yeah um and during that process i was also looking for full-time work and um got to the end of that sort of recording process uh, and I applied to be a spokesman for Kick It Out, the the anti-racism charity in football. And I love football and I love being the centre of attention. So I thought, yeah, spokesman. Perfect combination. I can mature into, yeah, I'm still (laughs) on the mic. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about something I believe in. Yeah. So I applied for that job. And then before I even went to the interview, I got a call from this dude who used to work at at Radio 1 and uh, he'd gone into writing comedy. 
and he'd written this vehicle for Lenny Henry for Radio 4 mm. and he asked if I could have a like once over of, of the script see if I could help out with any of the colloquialisms in there it's like an all black cast yeah. and whatnot. and I was like yeah alright he said the BBC would give me like 200 quid so I did that ended up staying on as a consultant for the whole series worked on another two or three comedy series for the BBC as a just a, a gag writer or just like a you know just offering little bits and pieces that's mad and then it to was, walk straight into yeah, it was if, a producer. If, if yeah, it was back it, it was to, very to gradual. Walk straight into writing on the BBC. Yeah, but it wasn't like when I say that it wasn't like it was an everyday job. It was yeah. just every now and again. Yeah, we need. But it was it. interesting and it was mm. creative, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is okay, and nobody sees my face, so it's fine. Nobody needs to know yeah. anything about me. And then the game changer was the producer of one of those shows, a guy called Paul Schlesinger. He was the one. Because I, I wrote, I even started writing little bits of music for some of the comedy shows. Yeah. And I wrote a little bit of funny music for one sports spoof show. And when he saw that, he said, so wait, let me get this straight. Yeah. You can, you can write gags and you can write songs, funny songs. And he's like, but you're not a performer. And I was like, well, I, I did used to do a bit. <laughs> I he's like, what, what, what kind of stuff? And I was like, well, I was a rapper. And he was like, fuck off. Really? I was like, yeah. And he goes, I, I just don't get like why don't you do like musical comedy yeah and I was still like so in a rap world in my head I was just like oh, this man's not a joke you know what I'm saying I don't yeah. need a fucking joke out here yeah so I'm saying that's the worst thing I could possibly do completely and he convinced me to come down to this like sort of private gig where it's just BBC people trying stuff out yeah. trying out scripts for radio and he just told me to get up and sort of do my thing I had no idea what my thing was yeah and that was February 2008 and, and by the end of that year I was making a living for my whole family out of stand-up by madness. the end of that year yeah I had no plans to do it I remember bumping I was still doing like comedy competitions just battling trying to trying to get money off the competitions and stuff yeah and get get paid gigs this is about two three months in to doing it and um I'd started because the first competition I did was called So You Think You're Funny and it was run by um, one of the senior people who ran a chain of big comedy clubs called Jonglers. Yeah. So after I did well in that competition, I started getting paid gigs at Jonglers doing like weekends. Yeah. Which in those days was like, that was, that was an earner for a stable yeah, comic man. to do like a Friday, Saturday and Sunday, yeah. maybe double up on the night and whatnot. You could maybe make a grand like over yeah. the three nights. That was a big deal then, yeah, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And um, but I was still doing the competitions, trying to get better known. And I came out of this one competition. I think it was called Laughing Horse. And I just got through this quarterfinal. I came out as in Soho. And I bumped into Michael McIntyre, yeah. and he was just starting to get get get, get some traction. And he had like a new car. Yeah, this this Porsche Jeep. <laughs> and uh, he was like, hey, because we gigged together a couple of times, yeah. you know, he was like, hey, hey, how's it going? And I was like, yeah, good. And he was he was giving it the, not the big potatoes, but the yeah. kind of like, let me give you some advice kind yeah. of thing. And he like, he was like, where are you off to? And I was like, I'm heading home, man. He's like, where'd you live? And I was like, oh, I'm in Hackney. And he goes, oh, I'll, I'll drop you, I'll drop you. I'm on my way to Crouch End, you know. And I was like, cool. So I jump in his, his Porsche Jeep and on the way he's just like giving me like, oh, this is what you do, you know, and, and you just work at it and you, and, and like, um, and he, he said, one thing is though, if you ever, if you ever do, um, uh, get it, get into junglers, you know, it's, it's one of the hardest things to get out of, you know, because you don't want to get stuck in that, right. in, that in that world. And, and I was like, all right. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Cause I remember, you know, uh, after my first sort of f f three, four years getting, getting weekends at junglers and there's like a big earner. And I was like, 
oh, yeah, I've done some weekends. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I've done some weekends. He's like, already? Yeah. I was like, yeah. But that's good advice. I'll remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get out before I get stuck I mean, it's solid it. advice because it's that kind of, <laughs> it's almost that local band syndrome of if yeah. you get big in one place, you mm. kind of stick in that mm. place. And again, you don't realise that no one in the rest of the world gives a shit about Total. you. And it's that, it, again, yes. So did you have much backlash at all because coming straight in and getting initially paid gigs yeah. isn't easy in stand-up so initially it yeah. is somewhere that's known for you have to hustle for a long time so i can imagine you're the one that's coming in and rapping and it's like do you know what i mean yeah i think what happened at first is i guess people saw it as a novelty yep and then they realized the shit i was talking about was like true to me even if yeah. it wasn't maybe as funny as their stuff because i remember it wasn't the, as polished. The, the first time i stumbled upon you and at the very start, I turned my nose up because <laughs> it was a short set and you were like, mm. I'm going to do a rap and whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah, and again, exactly, that, exactly yeah. what you were saying about hip hop of like, man's not a joke. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end of it, I was in tears. It's slavery because <laughs> it had that right approach. It had that, I can't remember which one it was, but it was rapping aggressively, but intentionally aggressively about right something stupid, stupid stuff yes yeah. so it was, i think yeah, it was right. never something a parody stupid. of rap it yeah. was a parody of me yeah yeah so i think that was the thing that was maybe difficult for some people was to 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 actually see beyond um what is presented by a stand-up so if you for example if you see a gay stand-up you'd be surprised if he didn't at some point yeah. reference his yeah. sexuality yeah, 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 yeah. do some jokes about it um, or if you, if you saw a woman, you'd be surprised if she didn't at some point use her gender as something yeah. like at the bedrock yeah. of a bit at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I saw it very similar with me. Like, like I was a rapper. It'd be weird for me to not utilize that skill and to use it yeah. in a comedic way as a stand up. But yeah, I just until never looked at it as a job. A until I, yeah. I never it, looked yeah. at it as a job until suddenly I was doing it every night. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing it every night and it was a living and that was... But it's still a scary living because oh, it's a living that, that that is very much in the moment and it's easy to go, oh, I'm earning... Again, I'm earning a grand there's, for three nights. Man, this is good. That's, there's a moment. But it doesn't matter whether it's, it's 30 people in the room or 3,000. I mean, s- some of the gigs I've done with, with, with Ricky, like the Globe in Stockholm, is 13,500. It doesn't matter whether it's 13,500 or 13 people. Sometimes it's worse in smaller rooms. There's a moment when you get brought on by the host and then the clapping dies down. Then it's silence. It's just this little yeah. moment of silence. Yeah. You know when you're a musician? Yeah. When the host introduces you, you just come out to the strains of your banger. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just yeah, walk yeah, out like yeah. a fucking Here king. I am. Whereas in stand-up, you can walk out like a king, but when it when that clapping dies down to silence, it's like, bro, don't fuck this up and it's it's never not it's the, terrifying it's the pressure of support never not slots, terrifying. right like my uh, my th- thing on all our supports was always to make sure we had something either fl- f- trying to get flyers in people's hands or something because my thing was no matter how much are, are you smash that after you they're going to see someone that they adore and know every song <laughs> yeah, yeah. so they are going to forget you in a second yeah, yeah. like you can do the best support you ever they're going to forget you because their, yeah. their favourite song is going to come on or they're going to pull or do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's yeah, anything yeah. that could happen that will yeah, yeah. blood on it. So my thing was always trying to give them some way that when they wake up in the morning, mm. they go, oh, who was that guy who was on before, Ricky? Like, that was cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To, to, to try and grab that. Because, again, if you go out there thinking, 
Time for me to go and steal the show. You, you ain't going to steal shit. You, it, it, even if you kill it, you ain't going to steal very, shit. Very good point. Yeah, no, totally. And I think it's it's probably maybe easier to be support as a co- comic than it is as a as a musician. Yeah. I would say in my experience, very much so. Like, even if you're good in music, they 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 do want to sing along to their favorite hits yeah, as yeah. soon as possible. Whereas laughter is laughter, laughter no matter is who's, laughter. who's engaged. And, and if you're funny, yeah. it's just a great warm up. You yeah. are a bonus if anything yeah. whereas if sometimes you go and see a band and there's another band on and you think oh, i just want to see the Come band on. like i want to see move as and, and even i i want to see the end of the band yeah yeah <laughs> i don't want to hear their album tracks so yeah, i want to get yeah. to those couple yeah of yeah yeah, yeah. Want to get i mean to the classics oh, oh we're at the hour marks it's time okay. to fast forward a little bit let's talk about gervais he's another one uh, s- similar to ronson of if he gets into someone number one i think he's got good taste and number two if he gets into people he he, he gets into them he's put yeah he's had brian gittins who's, who's one of my favorites in numerous things he's had brett goldstein in things yeah. and all this um you were in, in Derek first right was that your first yeah the first thing we did together we actually Ricky? the very first thing we did together was a gig in oslo right so i hadn't met him at that point i spoken to him on the phone he see me on youtube and he got my number phone my phone and invited me out to oslo and he flew Amazing. me out there and I met him in the dressing room just before I went on. That's, that's yeah. mad, right? And he pulled up a, a little stool in the wings and just sat and watched me. Wicked. Yeah. and Pressure, I, though. I, I was struggling as well, Pip. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't used to being on stage while 1,500 people were walking into the, the venue. Yeah. So there was a lot of distractions. Yeah. And then, like, an argument broke out between, like, some guys and some girls. The guys were saying the girls had taken their seats. And I had to deal with that. It's like, right. guys, come on, be a gentleman. Look at these these, these lovely ladies. Yeah. You're really going to, like, you can sit in those seats behind them. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I was, like, smoothing that shit out. And then I was, I'd written this stuff just for Norway, just to impress Ricky. And I, co- I couldn't get into anything yeah. written. So I was just, like, putting out fires left, right, and centre. And then... I got my first laugh solving this argument between these two, these, these, these couple of guys and a couple of women and a bit of a cheer. And then I thought, I've got them. Now yeah. I'm going to get into this shit yeah, that I've yeah, written, yeah, yeah. especially. And as I thought that, like another wave of like 300 people came in and, and the attention was gone again, <laughs> right? And I just went, I just thought, fuck it. I just went, look. <sighs> This this gig was actually like it meant a lot to me because you probably think I know Ricky Gervais and I'll gig with him for years or whatnot. Like I'm relatively new to this shit and I'm here. This is essentially the biggest moment of my comedy career. Ricky's, you don't even know, he's sat in the fucking wings right there looking at me. He's cracking up right now because yeah. I'm dying, yeah? <laughs> and I said, you know what? It's, it's it, In my head, this is like a make or break moment. And you lot got me fucking ushering, you know? <laughs> and I got a bigger laugh. And then I managed to squeeze in, like, I had, like, 10 minutes left, you know? So I just, like, just ripped it, ripped through a bit of material. I came off, and Ricky was like, that was dope. And we went for a beer afterwards, and that's when he told me about this character, Derek, and he showed me a little thing that he'd filmed. Yeah. Just literally just a, a five-minute sketch of the character, just yeah. on his own, just talking about his day. Yeah. And he was like, I, I want to crowbar you into this somehow, like when we get back to London, come round and let's 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 fresh some ideas out. Amazing. And and then the next thing I knew, yeah, I was back in London. I was round his place, and we were just like 
chatting and joking and and um came up with like a little story idea and a character how it would work in Derek and then he was like and you gotta write a song for it as well you gotta write a song for it and I was like all right man I'll, I'll, I'll try and I was just like constantly trying to impress him yeah and in, in comedic terms that's quite a good thing to do if you're trying to impress each yeah, other if you're pushed yeah, yeah completely. And, and after writing that song he was like let's just write some songs next time next time you come around let's write some songs yeah I was like, what? And he's like, just stupid shit, you know, just write some stupid, like, comedy songs. And I was like, all right. And it was in that next session where he he got the guitar and I came, you know, free, freestyling and stuff. Amazing. Um, that's when he said, I should fucking, I should fucking do this as Brent. Like, I should mm. do it as Brent. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, ah, I yeah. don't know. And it was around that same time that um comic relief 2013 was being planned yeah and richard curtis approached him and asked if because you know richard curtis you probably notice on all the comic reliefs he'll bring back something classic yeah. like on the yeah, last yeah, one yeah. what was it love love, love actually, actually yeah, the yeah. cast yeah so ricky was like this is perfect because i can bring him back yeah with no none of the pressure of like oh you did the office free and it was yeah, shit yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is just for charity like if you don't yeah. like it you like hate Africans yeah, do you know what I mean yeah, so you it's, can't, you can't he was get mad just like that. it's fine and then we'll introduce your character and we can do these songs and yeah. I was like dude that's that's ballsy as fuck but I, like, yeah. I'm down yeah so like that was the, also the sowings of the seeds of the kernel of, of the movie, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's just mad how it all grew so organically. It's interesting, the slight caution there, because um, I think Life on the Road was fantastic. Thank I you. went in unsure, because again, I'm the same. I'm like, well, they did the rare thing of, if they walked off on top, is this going to ruin it? I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was amazing. They James Deaned it, man. Still yeah. looked beautiful when it died. Completely, completely. Um, but the thing that, that I wanted to talk to you about and ask you about was if there was any caution, because your character in that is Brent kind of bringing in his token black person, yes. his token rapper to allow yes. him to do this, blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. Now, the b- bit that gets scary, or n- not gets scary, but gets very nuanced and a fine line is that Brent, like all great characters, is an exaggeration mm-hmm. of Gervais. Mm-hmm. So, where is the line of Gervais is bringing in his token black friends yeah. to, to to allow him to do rap stuff? And do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, was yeah. was there any caution or fear there of what what are we painting here? Because again, yeah. in the end. I, like, I had them fears going into it. I was of like, I'd, I'd heard the songs, or I'd heard one of the songs, but not seen the context. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I like it, but how much of this, particularly knowing that Gervais has always uh, wanted to be a musician, has always wanted to, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? How much of this is Brent and how much is it Gervais? And when yeah. it came out, it worked. But was there that fear in making it that, is this going to come across as he's shoehorning <laughs> in a credible, a credible black person? I think my biggest fear was just... <laughs> Is it funny or not? That was always my biggest fear uh, because I just think if something's funny, you can get away with a lot more. So that's my main concern. The scene when you're putting him to bed is one of the most I've laughed. It's it's right on the edge, but it's the most I laughed in the whole film because it was right on the edge and it it allowed it to go there. But, you know, in in terms of if that's an extension of, of, of Ricky... I'd have to say no because it's been five years I've known him and worked with him closely yeah. now. So obviously we're in each other's personal lives as yeah. well. And like, I didn't know he had mixed race nieces and nephews. Yeah, and yeah, I've yeah, met yeah, his, yeah. his black friends. So I yeah. know I'm not the only <laughs> yeah, one. Like I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not the one like guy who's like, Oh God, thank, thank God I've got one here. Um, that said, yeah. he's respectful enough to 
to check certain shit with yeah. me. Like, yeah. would you be comfortable? That's dope. Yeah. If we, if we went into like talking about the M word, if we, if we did this, if we did that, would you feel comfortable? He's never ever come to me and gone, this is what you're doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He'll go, this is, this is what I'd like to do. Yeah. If you want to be a part of it, like what could you bring to, what would you bring to the table? Yeah. And so sometimes I've and corrected him, sometimes then. he's that's corrected me. Because that's the right relationship and the right to, yeah. in a way, it keeps him on the right side of what is acceptable. Because mm. again, it is a fucking blurred line and a, a, a tightrope. I, yes. I, I, I know this just from using social media. There's things I've posted that, not on, on race things, but like I did a thing, I've just released swimwear. Yeah, I yeah, noticed. I've really yeah. swimwear. Um, and, and someone pointed out, you've got the girls' sizes, and you've got the size, 8, 10, 12, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and you've got small, medium, large, extra large, blah, blah. Why? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, 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 well why are we calling a 14, which isn't that big, extra, extra large, or whatever? Mm. It's like, you've got the size there. And they were right. Yeah. It was one of them where I was like, Mate, I haven't thought about that, that, but you've got the size. So yeah. I removed all the, I removed small, medium, large, extra large, and all that from it. Yeah. It just had eight, 10, 12, and the, and the sizes. So it, it is always those things you know that even if you're coming at it with no negative intention, mm. it's a blurred line. So mm. I'd imagine it's handy with that kind of character to, that you and Gervais have got that relationship yeah. where he can say, I'm thinking this, and you can go, yeah, don't ever say that again. <laughs> yeah. know, or, or don't say, hey, say it outside of this room. <laughs> ultimately, you know, it boils it boils down to the type of person you are, and 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 uh, you know, as as T K Kirkland would say, who raised you. You yeah. know, like I think if you're the type of person who listens as much as they talk, then you will learn stuff and you will accept when you're you're wrong or maybe you're you're on the wrong path. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Completely. And you accept it without getting upset. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, um, for example, I followed something of you on Instagram a few months back where you yeah. got very, very upset about a guy who'd essentially plagiarised yeah. your... Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like your logo or the, yeah, some artwork it, on it, a shirt. It plagiarised the artwork and the but thing that what got... what really... Me- the thing that... Because everybody... I think a lot of people didn't really read through how how and why specifically you were angry yeah because yeah. at first i was thinking rap pip like chill man chill. it's just a bootlegger like yeah. kick him in the nuts when you see him and like, done but fuck this guy when you pointed out that from the thing that he plagiarized there was a little just a little in little text the artist's name yeah, yeah and he'd Mr. actually Hickey. gone to the effort yeah of erasing that yeah. like clocking the artist's name and, and taking it out and putting his own name putting in his own name in and the, and that's the bit that got me because you'll see all the time that there's numerous t-shirt sites that you can upload any image yeah. and they'll print it or whatever else i've seen tons of of, of merch of like a photo that i didn't know existed is available as a t-shirt all that mm. kind of that is what it is. But here's gonna, where I thought you were. Back. I lit without knowing you personally until today. Yeah. Here's where I thought you were a, a listener as well as a, 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 an incredible orator and an artist. Because what happened, as often does, yeah. when someone like you with a lot of followers gets angry online, yeah. your followers <laughs> then go, think about it. "Fuck! Who, who is he? Who is he? Fuck him! Fuck yeah. his wife! I hope his kids yeah. die!" You know, and you saw that you listened and you actually made a point of going 
guys, that's not what this is. Yeah, you know that's I mean? it. People like, starting to share. This guy does not need to be personally abused. That's it. He's been a prick because of this. That's yeah. the prick thing that he's done. I don't know what he does in his actual exactly, life. Exactly. He had a business page. He's probably a great dad. I'm like, I'm fine with you going and giving bad reviews on his business page, but a, not a, on his personal page, and not on this, and not you know on that. So I removed all of them. I had to do a separate post. Like, like people were regularly going, Pip, I found his his personal profile. It's here. Mm. It's like, yo. Ch- chill mm. do you know what i mean I'm, I'm i'm angry but i'm angry at him as a businessman i said more than anything for ripping off an artist that has done all my artwork for years and that i love mm. and yeah it was exactly that it was that thing of then going all right no this is this is going too far it's the way we are on the internet though you, we but, think that if someone mm. says something bad then they should never work again yes that's yes. that the, those two things Bonkers. shouldn't interact that's that's mad what about this as an irony i wonder if you've experienced this the, the fans of your work or people or people that even aren't fans of your work, but they understand who you are and that you exist in whatever this, this yeah. sort of uh, celebrity or artist bubble in order to take you seriously as an artist, they want to know that you're writing or performing about stuff. You've got a strong opinion on something and yeah. you're creating art around it. Do you ever experience this irony that when you say also, actually just I'm not singing a song right now. I'm not making a film right now. I'm not creating a, a line of swimwear right now. But I've got quite a strong opinion about this. Yeah. This thing that's happening in the world. S- Suddenly you're not allowed to have to that comedy, opinion. Stick to comedy, mate. Stick to comedy, mate. Stick to rapping. That, stick to... Is that... What? what? I don't... Yo. I don't really understand how yeah. that is computed yeah it's bizarre isn't it i, 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 I think, think fair enough if, if i think if a guy suddenly... that works in a factory up the road is allowed to have an opinion on yeah, the tories yeah, yeah. the same as doc brown a comedian or actor or whatever Mad, else is allowed to have an opinion on the tories or, or so on and so forth mm, don't get me wrong the line would blur if your next project was just literally like a diatribe a political yeah. diatribe against yeah, yeah, the tories yeah, 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 or yeah. mine was yeah then i think fair enough people say oh like I liked his last album, but yeah. this is literally every single song yeah, this is, is about Michael much. Goes Nose. But again, the beauty on that is it's it's a it's a product. Had I've got a right to support it or mm. not support yes, it? Yes, that's and true. And you can't then take that personally as an artist. Again, mm. I'm a big, big big believer. It kills me whenever you release anything new and someone say, oh, "I preferred your last record." It's like, <laughs> well, you're allowed to, and that yeah. that like I didn't record this album like over my last one <laughs> like the last one's still there because yeah, i didn't yeah. come and get your and cd you of my last album and burn my new album onto it and go that's <laughs> that's the new record now so like, it's still there so you're yeah. you're allowed to not like it yeah but, you totally. know the rest exists well i mean i'll start to wrap things up but before we do i still want to talk about two things i want to end on your new record because we've touched upon that and we've touched upon touring sure. but before we get to that i want to talk about r- writing a kid's book Sure. How was that? That for you, man. I bought it and read it for my goddaughter. Oh, thanks, Um, man. Yeah. So, how was that? And 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 how did it come about? Well, it's one of my proudest achievements. You know, I've I've heard a lot of and seen a lot of cynicism out there about uh, so-called sort of quote unquote celebrities dabbling in Mm. in books. I personally would never do anything that I felt I couldn't do at at the highest possible level. Um, and it wasn't a company that came to me. It wasn't a publisher that was like, hey, you're that guy off the telly. You should try yeah. try your hand at writing kids. But it was nothing like that. I, I, it, just like I everything mean, equally, else in my it's career. Not, it's not as something that you used or attached or pushed. But your sister's 
yeah. done all right, right? Oh, man. But she, she's <laughs> she only write. ever had one focus, and yeah. she was writing and trying to write for herself and other people from the age of eight. Yeah. So, wow. like, she's never very, she's never just swayed yeah. off of that line. She's only yeah. ever done one thing. Yeah. So, it's no surprise in my mind that she's one of the best in the world. Yeah. With this, it was so much like pretty much everything in my career, apart from rap, where, I don't know, I feel like, you know, have you ever heard that theory about Raiders of the Lost Ark, that if Indiana Jones wasn't there, all the same shit would have happened? You ever heard that theory? It's like a film theory about how a protagonist can be a protagonist almost in disguise. Yeah. So he looks cool and he says cool things and he gets the chick and blah, blah, blah. But actually, if you break it down and look at the three acts together, if you take him out of the the plot, all the intricacies of the plot, all the same shit happens. Right? So I sometimes feel that way about (laughs) my career because I think... How many of the, t- the decisions were like my? Like, I was just like woke up and was like this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just fucking happened, and I like to create in different ways depending on what different mood I'm in. Yeah. So the book was like an old friend of mine, Sav accused just a dude that I knew, just friends, not not in the business, not through anything show busy. He's just a mate. Mm. He was always an amazing artist, drawer. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he, he yeah, could. The artwork's he, amazing, and and that is like. I mean, that is not the half of what he can... I mean, he could... I'll show you some stuff afterwards. He, yeah. he does real shit as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is him, like, trying to break it down something really kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. bright and bold for, for little kids. Yeah. But he was thinking about doing it because he had two very young kids and he drew, like, a 100 pictures of this bear and he sent them to me. And I was sat right here where you're sat now. And he sent me this PDF and he was like, dude there's something about this bear like he just looks he looks like a prick and i think you could do something with it just do some funny rhymes yeah and i was like all right all right leave that it with me it does look like a <laughs> leave prick. it with You're me right. <laughs> and and it was literally that no publishers no nothing it's just my mate sent me some pictures and then we Love put it. this this little spread together and then you know we then we at that point that's when we used our contacts to try yeah. and like because we neither of us had literary agents yeah, yeah, yeah. but obviously like I had an agent, so I was like, do you know literary agents? And they were like, yeah, you know. And we put a spread together that created a four-way bidding war between four of the biggest children's publishers. Amazing. And and we signed with Walker because they made all the books that we loved as kids. Do you know what I'm saying? So, and it's like the other misconception that it's like, oh, a celebrity thing and your publishers approach celebrities. Like, I'm sure that happens. But there's no money in it either, bro. Like, yeah. to make a picture book is fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah. Like, whenever I get the um, the quarterly thing through the post yeah. to show me how much I've made, it's it's minus. Yeah. I've got, I've got to make back the money like, I, that it costs to make. I had my graphic novel of poetry, and that <laughs> it's came for out... for the love, man. That came out in 2010, and I swear those those royalty form things have only just started they start to be going positive. The positive. they're like tiny amounts but it's like oh, it's, it's when people take it out of the library and shit like that it's gone out yeah, yeah. enough times to yeah, yeah. to have put it into positives people but yeah. got no idea about publishing man it's the, and it's the same like what you're saying about support acts and music there's so many parts of the game that people just do not see yeah and sometimes people say oh you know you rap you act you're writing kids' books. You're doing this. Like, why don't you just focus on one thing? Bro, on the real, I can't afford to, bro. Yeah. Like, I need to do all of these I'm things just to stay work, alive. Work yeah, 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 yeah. On another level, like I briefly touched upon, I just, I, I create because I fucking feel to. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And what I feel to create on that day is m- my business. And if it's yeah. shit, then 
I really apologise. Yeah. But I tried. It's, you know what I'm it's, it's a beautiful world where it's open enough. And because of the internet and because of stuff like that and because of, of social media and whatever is, that can be a thing that you can be someone who's an artist. You can go, look, I've got a passion in this other thing. Mm. Do you think we can make do, something work? Do you work find the industry it? doesn't trust you in certain things because of... In what way? Like... <sighs> You do a lot of the same shit as me. Yeah. And to certain people, they're like, how can you do performance poetry yeah. and then call yourself an actor? Yeah, how can yeah, you write yeah, a graphic yeah. novel and put yourself in amongst the, the Mark Millers? And the, yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Dude, you just, I mean, call me out if I'm wrong, but I think you're just doing what you I'm feel like me. you want to do at that me. moment. Ex- exactly that. And, uh, Why is and- it that people have a bit of an issue, sometimes in the industry, sometimes outside of the industry, with you popping up, yeah. doing something that to them is like no. You see, no, I, that's illegal. You see, I find it. I've I don't know if I've been lucky or I just don't socialise much. Uh, <laughs> I don't hear the shit talking, but I find it more outside of the industries than inside the right, industries. Okay. I, I feel I've been lucky. That everyone I seem to have Actors met in the industry cool, you... seem cool. Yeah, have uh, all been dope. It's been nice on sets because I'm not someone that goes in and is mouthing off. I'm there yeah. as. And you're learning. You're stu- I'm learning. Yeah, you're yeah. I'm new. And it's been nice that on Taboo and and Walk Like a Panther in particular, there's been people that a week or two in have started to to find some of my out like my tracks or my videos mm. or whatever mm-hmm. else, and then they're coming in and being like, "Oh shit, this is dope." It's yeah. like, All right, cool. But again, in my mind, it's not relevant. So I'm not there. Yeah, I'm not there moment. at the gig going. Just so you know. I do have a blue tick on Twitter. Um, <laughs> here's my followers and, 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 and shit yeah. like that. I'm there going, all right, yeah, this is my third, this is my third thing. I'm kind of excited. This is great. I really liked you in this and this. Do you know what I mean? But it's outside more. It's more, you do anything. All right. So when's your next record? But it's like the, the, uh, the thing for me, and similar to you and similar to us, I, I, I recorded the Goldie one just before this mm. t- t- today is, you're assuming that when you discovered me, that was all I was or all I'd ever that, done. And that was your whole like world. Before yeah. that, I'd been doing stenciling, and before that, mm. I'd been I'd been making sh- short films with my yeah. mates. And before that, it's like there's a whole load of people that, for a good two years, were like, why is Pip pretending to be a rapper? Yeah. Like, what is yeah, Pip yeah. doing rapping? It's yeah, like yeah. now the people are going, "Why is that rapper pretending to yeah, rap?" It's like yeah, no, no, yeah. no. It's, it's I've been it's doing exactly, things, just seeing what comes about. Exactly the experience that I've had. Yeah, yeah it exactly depends w- when you happen to step on this train. There you as go. To, as, v- as very, to what kind very of much is. so. Do you ever get exhausted by the social media side of? Your job because it does kind of become a job, yeah. doesn't it? It, like, it is work. Twitter and, and Instagram. The job part of it is the problem because it means the job part of it means that you can ju- ju- justify losing hours and hours and hours on it, and that's the problem. Mm. I, th- I think I think I'm probably addicted to social media, but it's work. Therefore, I can justify that addiction rather sure. than try and fight it. <laughs> okay, if you know what I mean. So yeah. there are points where, yeah, I've. I don't need to be on there. I've got nothing mm. I need to be posting mm. and I'm going down rabbit holes or I'm posting nonsense. <laughs> and again, I think, not to make excuses, but I think part of the reason my social media following has always been strong is because I will st- stay on there when I've not got anything to promote because right. I don't see it as just a yeah, tool so for putting out just, a new record. Just it's just chatting and yeah, engaging. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I do think that's important. I think you post the best bedtime photos. Yeah, I like my late Instagram. night. 
pissing about with weirdness. I yeah. enjoy myself. I showed one showed one to my kids. <laughs> it was uh, a monkey hud- hugging a dove. Yeah. It just said night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just loved it. They absolutely loved it. Originally, I'd, do a, I'd just Tiny find monkey. the weirdest pictures I could find <laughs> and just do a PS. So it'd just be night, PS, monkey hugging a dove. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, just PS... Four big muscly men in pants, um, yeah. and just just, just, just weird stuff. But again, that's yeah, it's keeping it entertaining for myself, I guess. As much, yeah, as totally, totally, and not feeling that pressure of like, oh, I'm Scoobius Pip, so I better say something, mate. That really intelligent. That was the really reason, like cutting, and that's oh. what got me addicted to in, to Twitter. I think was I got on social media because I was so concerned that people were thinking I was something I wasn't. Because that mm. first album had a lot of quite highbrow st- mm. stuff on there, but I didn't do amazing at school. I spent a lot of time on them songs. Right, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? I don't just think instantly, thou shalt or let from God to man. I'd worked hard to write of that. Course. I did research and read through b- books and shit. So I suddenly like, well, people think I'm some kind of all-knowing, all-wise. Yeah, but guys, yeah. I need to get on there and talk about f- farts and yeah. do, do dick jokes to, so I- that people can know that I'm j- just some bloke from Essex. I'm not what you yeah. may have built. And as much as anything, it was a defence thing because I was like, I don't want to let anyone down down yeah. the line I don't want him to keep building this fictional version of who yeah, I am and then like go the Jesus oh right like he's this word, massive letdown Jesus it's like no I was all I've not I've, I've always been that guy yeah. yeah so yeah it was a weird thing there. I, that I, was an initial panic I really it? dealt with that head on a couple years ago because um, you know one of my daughters was going through some stuff and it was the first time that I'd really been slapped in the face with how much of a man's world we live in and the misogyny that exists and yeah. the difficult things my, my girls uh are facing and are going to have to face as they get older as yeah. well. And it really started freaking me out. So from a very sort of selfish po- point of view of needing to make my life easier, yeah. I started investigating more in in, in, ge- in terms of gender politics. Yeah. And I got angry about a couple of things that were happening, um, mainly the treatment of young girls by other young boys, you yeah. know, that shit that I'd seen that I've witnessed firsthand. Yeah. And, uh, I got invited to come and speak about it at like a boys' school where there was a lot of issues around this shit. Wow. And they, they filmed it. And I was just speaking from the heart, like raw. But they filmed it and they put it on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and then it went viral. And then from there, it was like, you're a feminist, you know, like, yeah. what, what's your opinion on this? What's your opinion on that? And I, I just started getting really scared because they people started wanting me on the news and shit like that. And I'm like, I, like I'm, I'm happy to back it, but like, I don't know, like, I won't be the. I won't say it in the right way. I'm think, going to make loads of people angry because I'm not going to say it intellectually. I'm read important. up. I think that self awareness is important because like, I've turned down news night a few times or question time things like I, I just turned down a really good news podcast that I really like mm. and I don't want the boys to get offended. Mm. But, but, but but my point was, I'm not an expert on the news. Yeah. If you know what I mean, it's like I'd rather you get someone who knows more about it. But I don't, that's the I don't want to say anything that's not factual. If we're, yeah. like, we're going into that zone, like or I'm, Brand. I'm just all opinion, like, like man. It's, it's Russell know? Brand. Like, like when I had Russell on the podcast, I wanted to to pick him pick him up on a few things he'd said on news, not a question, right, time, wherever yeah. it was. And he quite honestly said, "He's like, yeah, no, I got it wrong." <laughs> it was like I, w- I was asked a lot of questions and yeah. I just spoke. And he doubled back on the voting yeah. thing as well, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, or, or that, that, that that's, was that's human beings, bro. Yeah, but that like, was kind of a thing that annoyed me because a load of people said in the paper, Russell Brown now says you should vote and it's past the voting date. He did my podcast when you could still register to vote, and on my podcast he said, no, you should probably vote. 
Right. But it, I don't take my podcast and send a clip to yeah, the yeah, sun. Sure, and sure, this sure, and that. Sure. It's like we put it out as a whole and, yeah. and no one could be asked to listen to all that. Mm, but yeah, it, the detail. it's important to, 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 to have that, that self-awareness. But I'd, we're I'd, all I'd, walking I'd, contradictions, right? As human beings. Yes. So but again, you know, to, to uh, know that you don't have all the answers or can't speak for everyone is yeah. key. I had Jordan Gray on the podcast, who's a, tr- a transgender girl, who was on, who after the podcast was on The Voice and got in Paloma's team and all this. And I was asking her all these questions about trans culture. And at one point, she had to stop me and say, I just need to let you know, I can answer these for me, but I can't speak for every trans That's woman. That's exactly it. That's what I should say and that before was what was I amazing. say anything. It was, it was just great. Because <laughs> I felt so stupid because I was asking her, is it okay to, to say this? Is this term okay? And she it was like, like, we don't have a meeting and a rule yeah. book. It's like, for me, that's okay. For someone, like, I live in, in I'm a trans a, a lady living in Essex. Mm. I can't speak for a trans yeah. lady in Hollywood. I can't yeah, speak yeah, for this course. person or that person. Well, and yeah. again, I felt like such an idiot because that genuinely hadn't crossed my mind. Yeah. I was like, I need to talk to you. I need yeah. to talk to one of you to find out what yeah. the, the okay things are. It happens black people uh, yeah, every of day. Course, of course. <laughs> of course. And there's no, there's no clear or right answer. No, there isn't. But that what she said at the top is what I should say at the top of every yeah. time I go off on a, an opinionated rant. Yeah. I should say at the top. Let me just say, I'm speaking for me. The thing <laughs> that gets else. me is if you have an opinion or any curiosity, then people... And I had it today, and someone had to explain it. Someone had a go at me. They said step off the sjw stuff and i was like i don't know what that means but it's, it's social it? a, a social justice warrior i found out today oh, but okay. it's because i've done a post saying and it was i was coming in today and uh, with the podcast i say this all the time i record based on who's about mm. like you and me have been trying to l- l- line out for a minute yeah. goldie i've been trying to l- line out up, up for a minute i recorded one on saturday with a a soldier it's an amazing one but again he was in london i wasn't meant to be and then i was recorded blah blah and i did post saying look the last two months it's been a fairly even balance of male and female and whilst i don't book based on gender again i couldn't go into great detail but i'm i'm aware that as a white male of 35 years of age my social circle is going to be weighted in the direction of middle-aged white males that's that's kind of natural but i do think because of the gender inequality that has been in the entertainment industry and all these other industries for a long time that's changing now and is balancing out but because that's already been there even on a fame level i'm going to be aware of more males so it was just i did the thing if you can recommend some women you'd like on mm-hmm. i mean it also helps because i do i do book it all myself so if i'm doing this on t- on twitter or social media then they can tag people yeah and people can respond and say i'd like to come on so it just makes it all easier and i had w- one person respond to that going um says i don't book based on gender and then proceeds to explain why he is gonna book based <laughs> on gender i was like yo i'm just aware that I can take people's advice. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not a, yeah. a, a, above people. I've done 156 or 57 episodes off the back of people I happen to know. At some point, it's fine to ask, yeah. who would you like to hear? <laughs> who would be good? Who would like to come on? Yeah. And yeah, it was seen as this, this mm. as social justice warrior thing. I was like, mm, no, nah, man, it's, it's an inquiry. Really? I, I know yeah. that it's always going to, like, when this podcast ends, the majority will have been male. Because right. that's just the that's nature just, of it. That, the and and podcasts as well. But 
I had Josie Long on and I said to her, look, I don't book based on gender, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and she explained exactly that. She was like, no, that's fine. But you realise it's, it's similar. And this is, is going on onto, onto Gervais. I was talking to someone the other day who was talking about how Gervais will say, I don't need, and I'm not religious, he'll say, I don't need a book to tell me to be a good person. Mm-hmm. I know to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And their argument was, that's cool, but one of the reasons you know to be a good person is you've grown, you've grown up in a society where a lot of the rules and morals were based on religion. Yeah. So you can say that, but there's an awareness that you're influenced by that in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar thing. I can say, I don't book based on gender. It's like, yeah, but the reason you will have more males <laughs> yeah. than female is because yeah. of the way the entertainment industry has been for a long time that mm-hmm. weights it in that direction. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing to make a social, no, a conscious effort to do w- one tweet and go, like, what women would you like on? It'd be interesting, <laughs> bro. I know yeah, how it goes. It's interesting I know how it goes. Well, let's wrap things up. Um, with just how was it to be back on the road and back on tour and back on stage? It was you special, took, man. You took Michael Payne with you, who I love. He's a he's a wordplay genius. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, I I had three like three people I was desperate to get on the album when I, when I first realised it was going to be it and you were one of them I, yeah. I, I really wanted to try and get hold of you to try and do something <laughs> spoken word related but I just knew you were on other shit and it's I just thought one, yeah, you know what off from, you're, yeah. you're done so I just thought you know what I'm not going to drag someone out of like because I know how that goes yeah. you know what I'm saying when people I sometimes ask me out. to do shit and I think oh I'm really not on that anymore mate you know? I don't know if I've people mentioned like, it on the podcast yet but I've, I've not been doing any like I've I need to write another album I still plan on writing mm. another album but because I haven't r- written one every time someone hits me up I'm like I need my stuff to be the, yeah. the priority and then of I had one a thing recently and this is going to go similar to your out of the blue phone call from Gervais mm. I got an email out the out the blue from Samuel L. Jackson. Fuck. Just saying, I've got this charity. Can you write a little spoken word thing? Jeez. And you're it? like, no, no, I don't really do that. No more. I was like, yeah, man, I'm doing it. I was, I was like, all the things I've turned down and some big marketing campaigns that have offered tons of money. I'm like, nah, I'm not interested. I'm not. I need to focus on this. It was a charity that's close to my heart anyway because it's a cancer thing, and my granddad had leukemia, and we didn't talk about it because it's a manly thing and all this so mm. it was something i was like i know i <laughs> in a dick way i know i can write that in 10 minutes like, right. i know that's all yeah, you yeah, yeah. So, so, so i know i can do it well but yeah exactly that as soon as it's as soon Amazing. as it's samuel L, i'm like yeah man all right is this really you <laughs> I, I yeah i met i met him last year i actually did the did a little mini roast of him Really, I'll send you. I'll send you a little yeah, clip. Do man, um, yeah. Dude. So I, I wanted you, and I wanted um, Michael Payne, and I wanted example, and I, I knew that all three might be tricky. But then, yeah. like, got to know Michael Payne, and he was just like, "Dude, like, I used to be at Deal Real watching you rap." Amazing. You know what I'm saying, and Amazing. with example, was say it was like. He was just—he was in Australia, like he's living half his life out yeah, there, yeah, you know. Yeah, he's got his family. I, I was like, bro, like you, you know, when proper apologetic ones, like, don't, I'm not, I'm not mean, forcing you to no do pressure. it. No pressure. He was like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, I'm there. Do Amazing. you know what I mean? And it was I just like it. that was that those those moments there really gave me the confidence to go. You know what? Just do it, man. Just do it and enjoy it. You know, I knew that it would be a difficult sell, and it, mm-hmm. and it still is because you know people don't know me for this shit. Yeah, it was something yeah. you touched on earlier. It's like, what do they know of you in that At moment? What point like, do they you know? jump on you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for for the vast majority of people that already know me, they're like comedian releasing a rap. Why album. are you putting out a rap? <laughs> album? I thought the whole thing was a joke. You know. Yeah. So um, 
it's tricky for for it's my old fans because that will be seen well, by yeah. some people as if Gervais turned around turned around and went I've written some songs yeah. actually and he could comedy yeah he could yeah he's that good like yeah. as a musician I know for a fact because we wrote a few songs together that um, didn't make the the soundtrack yeah. of the movie because they were just quite good songs yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were it's, like, not, it's not it's not funny this anymore. is not funny yeah, like yeah, we yeah. can't put this out i love there's that. a few of those knocking about um so i don't think is. they'll ever see the light of day yeah. but um yeah with with this it was like <clears throat> it was it was different you know ricky was doing his like new romantic stuff in the 80s it's long forgotten yeah. do you know what i'm saying with me it's like rap gave me the confidence to do any of the shit that I've yeah. done since, you know? Well, that's the thing. That, the, the, acting, the difference with yours is they've the book, all overlapped the comedy, as such. Yeah. Whereas Ricky was music and then stopped for a long time and yeah. then was this. And like, I that. do live show versions of the children's book yeah. in rap form, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, with yeah. live illustration from Amazing. Sav. And so rap, rap sort of pervades everything I do. And then plus, you know, as I touched upon a couple of times, I've dealt with anxiety and depression uh, at various points uh, in my life and crucially at various points in my career yeah. and you're not really able in 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 our world to just be constantly talking about that because you've got to be Mr. Saturday Night every fucking night. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's that irony of m maybe the sad clown or whatever. That, but I think that's kind of cliche because for me, it's nothing to do with comedy. It's to do with a number of, number of things. But to address it head on, in a comedic way I wasn't quite ready for it acting I'm doing someone else's words I might be able to use some of the lower yeah. emotions yeah, in dramatic yeah, yeah, moments yeah. most definitely but in the comedy really get it's, a, it's, it's, is it going to be nah, your fringe show yeah is it going to be the new thing you know it's what, my depression the one place I can really get into it yeah and be as abstract as I fucking like Maybe I'm talking about me. Maybe it's in the third person. Maybe it's a conversation I had with a friend. Yeah. Maybe it's a story of, of, of someone we've never met and never will meet. I can do it however the fuck I want. Yeah. It can be whatever length and it can be as serious as I fucking want it to be. Yeah. And, and this, this album was a way of getting that off my chest. It's wicked and so, it's, an, it's, it's an amazing th therapy because you can write it and put everything into it. You don't have to explain shit. And five nights into the tour, it's, sounds you're making with your mouth yeah like you're still performing it yeah, it's still yeah, going yeah, no in question. but it's beautiful that that thing that was you may have had tears as you were yeah, writing yeah yeah now you're doing it as this thing and it's like yeah. wow i've i've taken it back i've mm -hmm. owned it I've, I've i've taken power over that so interestingly at every one of the gigs yeah there were because i did meet and greets afterwards yeah, yeah, yeah. um so I met a lot of the crowds at each gig and at every one of the gigs, I met at least four or five people who said, yeah. I can't, I'll be honest Didn't... with you. I came thinking it was stand up. Right. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yo. And they were like, this is fucking dope. Like, nice. Because they've obviously seen stand up, and when I rap in the stand up, no disrespect to the raps that I've done in, in on a, on a comedy stage. Yeah. But, I make it very basic. Yeah. Because I'm rapping to people, people who yeah. don't like rap. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. They're not into the, into the intricacies, of, intricacies of it. So yeah. there were stand-up fans They're who came and like, bruv, like you can like really, really, really rap. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, they, and what they all said as well was like, it wasn't like h hilarious, obviously, because you're doing your music, but it wasn't not funny. Yeah. Because, like, I talk to them in between, and there's songs that have humour in them. But that's it was, part of like, hip-hop. That's, that's some of my favourite hip-hop It gigs, wasn't is the funny, and, and it wasn't not yeah. funny. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, fun yeah, gig. Wicked. 
you know what I'm saying? Every yeah. night it was, and it, it had emotional edges to it because I was so fucking emotional. Yeah. And I think maybe bit by bit, people will get to, to, to understand why I do what I do, man. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck about anything that you're supposed to do. Like yeah. in, in, in showbiz, I, I know I'm an entertainer. Yeah. And I also know I'm an entertainer who only ever wants to do stuff that makes me feel something. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore you will never see me pip making a meal for somebody that I wouldn't eat myself. Yeah. You're never going to see it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, People yeah, are yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you were dope on muck the week. No, I wasn't bro. I've never been on it. You, you've been on some panel show. No, I haven't. I haven't, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I look at everything I've done. I think <laughs> I made that decision for better or for worse. Financially, a lot of times for worse. Yeah. But I made that decision because I fucking wanted to do it. And it felt That's like something right. that meant something. Yeah. My sister told me a long time ago, never forget what the job is, you know? And she, it, it may be easier for her to say because she's only ever had that one thing. But what she meant by it was like, you can create something that becomes enigmatic because it was so it was such a personal choice to you against the grain of what everybody's expecting you yeah, to do yeah, 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 yeah. and it becomes enigmatic almost by accident yeah she is a walking enigma i mean i heard her on um adam's podcast yeah on, on buxton's podcast Buxton, yeah. and she doesn't do interviews bruv like yeah. that's actually a coup yeah from buckles yeah and it's a great interview and when you listen to it you realize how rarely you hear her fucking voice yeah she doesn't have Twitter. She doesn't have Instagram. She doesn't have Facebook. She's not online, bruv. No. She's, you don't know where the fuck she is. She's it's, just somewhere creating. It's a great illustration of, of, and someone like, it's an odd comparison, but someone like Tom Hardy is, is, is very similar in that he's not a, a social media person. No. He's about his art form mm. and he's about getting out there and, and getting the work done and the job done. And it, it makes me wonder all the time about uh, social media because I always believe at my level, it's important. I need yeah. to get the word out of what yeah. I'm doing, of this or that. But you're getting but there. The, there was a question I wanted to ask thing. you. There's another thing. There's another You're getting thing. to a point where you could make a couple more major moves and then, I've always thought it's about myself, would I just walk away from mate, social media? Because I think I would. 100%. I've, mate, I've, a couple I've, more major moves for you, Pip. Everybody's going to know what the fuck you're about and then you disappear. At all points, I've had my last uh, social media post planned. <laughs> That's it's dope. Like your funeral song. I, like, like, it's changed over the years, but at all points I've had, well, that's going to be my last thing, and then that'll be it. And I'll Kaiser Soze the, the fuck out of this. I'll just, I'll, <laughs> I'll cruise on out of it. And again, I think it's fascinating. As Simon Pegg did it, it was just annoying. It was just before I had him on the podcast. <laughs> so he'd just got up to like 3 million followers right. or something. Then I had him on the podcast, and he's like, yeah, I've just left social media because it's like, oh, that would have been a good tweet. That would have been a but, great last but, tweet. But, but, but cheers. But yeah. But again, I, I get that as well because he was seeing that it was becoming as much about that as it is about his art form. And I mm. think I think it is a balance. At the moment, I'm, 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 I, know, I know who I am or what I am. Yeah. I know the fact is my inexperience can be balanced off in some way by knowing that if i'm in something or involved in something i'm going to get a lot of hype going on social media yeah and i'm talking so f for me at the moment i feel it's a valid part yeah of my, and you're good with as, it as, you're good as, with as, it. as this is a complete difference in scale but K kevin hart and the rock i think are the two that have changed the industry in that way where they've gone it was kevin hart i think it was who said look you pay for me and i'm not 
pulling any of these moves, trust. But <laughs> you pay for me in a film to act. Mm-hmm. You then have a marketing budget. Mm-hmm. I've got like like 80 million followers or some <laughs> shit. If you want, you know, I'll do a certain amount, but if you want to spend some of the marketing budget on me, yeah. then I will do that. But right, it should right. be a separate thing. And I love that because that's taking some of the power back that's rather than going, it, yeah. oh, here's what we pay you. Also, you're now getting the movie out to more than we're like we're paying a media company to, mm. to push it out here mm. but you're getting out to more people than that mm. i thought that was it was, was a really interesting yeah, thing that f- is. for them to and go in and say look i've built i've built a brand in myself mm-hmm. so you're paying me to act in your film the brand is a separate thing and yeah i thought that was interesting it again is, um, it's not that i'm doing that I'm, I'm almost at the opposite of going look that character standing in the background there i, I could do that yeah, yeah. And I could tweet about it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not you're not you're, <laughs> you know I mean? you're not going for a to day get in the door, you know, to get in the door. Of course. What what I like is that you're not, you know, doing 3 months on taboo and then it comes out and the day it comes out you're like you send a tweet or Instagram going, oh, these hush puppies are so, these at hush puppies are so yeah, comfortable. Yeah, yeah, Thanks, yeah, yeah, at yeah, hush yeah. puppies. Now, I mean, that was the, 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 the <laughs> like, thing what? with taboo was in really? all the build up to it, oh. Hardy was, was sending me rushes and early edits and i had to say to him look i don't want to see it because i want any tweets i do about it to be a kid from essex excited to see himself in something that he's honored to work with everyone so it meant that whenever i was posting about it even if i'm in the background i'm legit going shit did you see that Mm -hmm. stephen graham was there and he was doing this and then i'm in it you know know i mean rather than it's this prepared thing of on tonight's episode uh i mean so so that it's real so it's not some kind of marketing thing it's just me as as if the guy who lives next door to me if he out the blue had been in (laughs) taboo how excited he would be to his mates on on his private facebook page yeah that's kind of what I, I wanted to get. I can very much sense that to from, get out there on it from from your post, which is yeah. nice to see. It was also the same, like with with the King Arthur, where you were like, yeah. "This film is going to be amazing." Like I was actually in it; <laughs> they fucking cut me out of it. Yeah. But I still, it's like Mate, a, I still loved good. it. I went to see it, and I was like, "That was the shit." And it's got a rough, it's got a rough, a rubber things, man. I had some, I had a, a load of meetings in LA just after it came out, and I hadn't seen it yet. And I'm saying to him, oh, I was meant to be in King Arthur, then I got cut. And everyone was like, you, you dodged a bullet there. And I went and watched <laughs> it. I was like, well, I would have been honoured to be in that film, man. I yeah. thought it was the shit. I loved it. So I've again, seen it, so it was, ex- it was ex- ex- exactly that. But yeah, I did on that one make a conscious effort not to post too much after I knew I wasn't in it because I didn't want anyone to be misled mm. to thinking I am in it when I'm not, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I did a post saying, look, I've just had word I'm not in it, but <laughs> Neil Maskell's in it, and he's amazing. And Charlie Hunnam, Neil's I think, is yeah, is so is proving good, himself to be. I saw his his um, a, a Lost World of Z. Oh yeah, which yeah. is amazing. I Again, see that the, the reviews are huge, and it shows that Charlie Hunnam isn't just the pretty kid from that right, that, yeah, that, that biker show. He's got chops, and mate, I tell you, Neil it. Neil can be so menacing as an actor, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Like, I'm lucky enough to. I've, I did a film with him, an indie film, um, and he was menacing in that. But to see it up close, because I'd yeah. seen him on TV before, I'd seen him in films, and he was one of those actors that could genuinely terrify me with his eyes. Mate. So to see it up close is like, 
in my first 12 months of doing this, Neil Maskell and Stephen Graham, two of the scariest people in the world to actually, like, in their moments, Mm. when they're they're doing it, it's like, trying to remember that I'm meant to be acting as well. Yeah, yeah, you're just just kind of going, like, whoa, this is, like, you're watching telly, like, ugh. I love it. Anyway, (laughs) let's wrap things up. Yeah, sorry, man. We'll be going, and and you've got... you know, a cat to feed and a family to feed and all sorts. The cat looks, <laughs> she is she's happy. stretching out. She's, she's never been happy. There. It's because it's so warm in here. She's loving it. Well, thank you very much for giving your time. And I'm glad we got it done finally, man. We yeah. were talking about it for ages. And mm. then, and I try and do this with Buxton. I try not to have this, because a couple of times we've had the same people like within a week or yeah. two. Like we did it with Kathy Burke. So when I saw you again on Adams, I was like, well, let's chill for a little bit and then we'll sort it out. So mm. it doesn't, so it's no, not I think just, that makes sense. It's not just, oh, Doc's. Doing the podcast rounds. Yeah. Here we go. So, yeah. Thank you very much, man. And where can, pe- can people pleasure, c- keep up to everything that's that's going on? Oh, man. Well, um, probably the best best place to hit me up directly, if you want, is Twitter at DocBrown88. I do I do check that occasionally. Um, or my website, DocBrown.co.uk. And the, the new album, Stemo, has just, just come out last month. I'm, I'm really proud of it. Uh, I'd love to know what people think about it. And uh, especially having heard this conversation, yeah, I know where yeah. I'm coming from. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's not a joke, but it is fun. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> well, thank you very much, my man. Cheers. You've been listening to Scrooby's Pits, the Scratched and Pieces. There we go. That was Doc Brown on the Distraction Pieces podcast. I'm going to wrap this up quick as hell. Um, head to Hardcore Listing live on August 10th. Um, Chris and Stu at the Hoxton Bar and Grill. Uh, they're going to be doing top fives and just partying with you guys. There's like, if there's any tickets left, head down. It's going to be great. Other than that, oh, Tuesday Night Jaw has just announced a live uh, show on September 9th. I think so. Check that out as well. It's going to be amazing. Jim always gets the best guests and the best moments. So, yeah, check them out. This has been the Distraction Piece Podcast. Next week, I'm back with Alice Lowe. Uh, amazing Alice Lowe from Sightseers, from Garth Marenge, from Prevenge. Um, and then the week after, I've got a Laurie Penny, and we have a fascinating conversation there about the internet, about feminism, about terms, about society all sorts of stuff so check them out this has been episode 161 i'm out